Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. This episode, our guest is Steve Gilbert. Steve is a super experienced black belt, um, but he was around at the very beginning of this whole thing. His first instructor was Hoist Gracie back in Southern California um, back in the day, right? This is before the, he was around when the Dirty Dozen got their black belts. Um, he learned... There's some unbelievable stories here. He learned his cross choke right from Elio, like right off, right in the beginning. Um, you know, studied with Hegan, just so many stories. We got done. The first thing we did was we just sort of looked at each other and we're like, we should just do this again right away. He could have told stories for another couple of hours. So hopefully that will happen. Uh, this episode's a little different. Uh, we're recording in the Academy. We were kind of stuck for time. So you'll hear it's a busy time. The Academy's next to a uh, workout area and you can hear a bunch of people banging around and all that. So I'll apologize for that. That actually stops about halfway through the uh, through the podcast. It'll get a lot quieter, you'll notice. But I will not apologize about some of those unbelievable stories that Steve tells. He tells some of the stuff that we're used to hearing, you know, dojo storms and what it was like to be there when, you know, Gracie challenges were happening and all that. But there were some stories, too, that I had no idea even existed. And uh, some of the stuff's uh, a real revelation. You know, some of the stuff I, we just had no idea was, was happening. And so uh, hopefully you'll find that as interesting as we did. As always, we're sponsored by Port City, BJJ, Tortuga Soap. I'm sure you'll hear George talk about that, as always, during the podcast. But uh, this weekend coming up, this is coming out on a Tuesday night, this weekend, Saturday, May 6th, there's a Mission 22 Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu seminar in Arlington, Mass. at 11 a.m. It's a fantastic cause. Uh, Mission 22 is calling attention to, regrettably, 22 on average veteran suicides each day. They're raising money to prevent that, to help people through these times, things like that. There are a lot of causes out there. Um, This one, we know the guys who run it. Uh, We know some of the guys who run it. Uh, It's a great cause. The money goes to where it needs to. Nobody's lining any pockets. It's a really good situation. You got um, four black belts teaching. Jay's going to teach. Tadashi Takashima's teaching. Brandon Zoss. And uh, Brian Marvin, who's a Mission 22 athlete, will be there as well. So great cause, May 6th, this Saturday, 11 a.m., Arlington, Mass. You can look that up on Mass BJJ Arlington, right, in Google. As always, you can get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. You can also go to greatnortheastbjj.com and click on the Contact Us button. And that'll uh, send some email directly to us. Uh, thanks again to everybody who's listening. Uh, i got a bunch of good stuff planned for the next couple of uh, episodes. Hope to see you at the seminar this Saturday. Right now, here you go, Steve Gilbert. Is that the job of the boom or the key grip? Who's the gaffer? Who's the gaffer? Best boy. None of those things, yeah. None of those guys are the audio guys. The boom operator's guy who holds the stick. With the 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 dead cat? That's the boom guy. Do you know how tiring that goddamn job is? That's one of the worst jobs in film. Why isn't it on like a stand? Because you have to follow the person around. 
Put on a little union <clears throat> rules. Is that a dead cat that he's holding up? The dead cat's the thing that goes on the outside of the microphone that looks right. all fuzzy. You can blow on that thing. I brought it. I don't <laughs> blow on dead cats. Yeah. God, that's weird. I, I that's perverse. Keep cats and then, yeah. That's not too weird. Then they yeah. just scratch you. Keep yeah. them alive. If you're going to blow them. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the latest edition, latest and greatest edition of the Great Northeast BJJ podcast. We're back here in the corner of the Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, here with our friend Steve Gilbert. How you doing? And Jay Mansfield. What's up? And and the Riddler. And the Riddler. Riddler's taking a little break right now, but the mats are still, still humid in here from an awesome training session we had this morning, trained from... Wow, I guess 9.30 to 11.30, so two hours straight in training. There's that 30 guys in here today, right? Yeah. yeah Huge house. class, full house. It was awesome. Bunch of killers, man. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, brought to you, as always, by soap that's guaranteed to make your jiu-jitsu 17% better, make you better looking. By how many percent? Enlarge parts of your body that should be enlarged, possibly. Does that and cures all kinds of communicable diseases. If you're out there and you have syphilis, buy some of the soap and it will cure it. Bought you by Big Dick Soap. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to... It's a side brand. <laughs> We're branching out. Uh-huh. Uh, soap.com. Soap of choice amongst preferred podcasters all over the world. Port City BJJ. Um, you guys are always... Anybody out there is always welcome to come train with us in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Um, this is the time of year to do it. It's yeah. getting warm outside. I got to tell you guys, that's what I like best about this school: the uh, the openness, the friendliness, the uh, uh, which I think is the true spirit of jujitsu. You know, I think it's the true spirit of jujitsu. I trained in school, a school that wasn't like that to a lot of people, and I never understood it. I, uh, when I trained in California at Higgins, the door was wide open to anybody as long as you weren't. The rule was don't be a dick. You know, that was it. A good rule. That, everyone was allowed to train. Everyone was welcome. I've been into the school that that wasn't true, and it was, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of sad, you know, because it, it turns you off a little bit. Because I, I that, and and my, and my, I believe that the sport should be open to everybody, right? You know, so. Is that the first place you started training? First place I started training was with Hoist um, three months before the first UFC. So it was really cool because I wasn't part of the Garage Boys. I was after that. But I was the next generation, so nobody really knew what the sport was, you know. And I didn't know what it was. I, 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 was, I boxed when I was in high school for like three years. And uh, I loved the competition. And I was, getting, I was like 29, and um, I started doing karate. And I did that for three months, and I'm like, what? I just wasted three months. I haven't <laughs> hit anyone, and no one's hit me. Like, and the instructor, I realized one day, I could pick this guy up and slam him on his head, and there's nothing he could do about it. And like... He's been training on this for 15 years. And right. One of the guys there told me about the Gracie's with the Gracie Challenge and Hoist. And so I, I, there was no internet yet. So I kind of called over and said, yeah, you get a free class, come on in. And I went walking into the academy and there was nobody there. And then this guy comes walking out of the bathroom. He's like, you know, 6'1", maybe. He looks skinny as shit, like 175 pounds. He had rubber gloves on up to his, uh, up to his uh, elbows, carrying a bucket and a mop. I'm like, oh, it's a challenge. I'm like, uh, I'm here to meet a Royce. He goes, it's Royce. I am Royce. I'm like, I'm cleaning a bathroom. Like, <laughs> you know? I, got, I didn't. It was weird, you know. But then I got, the, you know, got a free lesson, and the guy got on top of me, you know, mounted, and said, okay, now throw me off or push me off or do. It. And I, it was, 
I was completely helpless, and I had boxed and fought a lot growing up, and I, was, I realized I knew nothing about fighting. And from then on, I was hooked. What was the, that academy like? At first, it was really cool. I mean, I actually trained with Helio. Helio showed me how to do the, the, you know, the collar choke, which was really, really cool. I mean, yeah, it was, that's pretty cool. It was so really you've cool. rolled with Helio. I, well, I mean, he was like almost 80 at that point. So I, I, at one point, they, they, you know, he, would, he would teach. He didn't speak any English. So he would teach, and then uh, if, if Hoist was, te- was teaching the class, Helio would just come in and like he'd watch everything. He'd watch every class, and then he would come over and make you know uh, little adjustments to what Hoist was doing. And then Hoist, and then he would get on the mat and start teaching, and Hoist would translate. And if this guy Lowell was teaching, it was all done through like some sort of weird sign language. Helio would make signs, and Lowell would interpret what he was doing, you know. But yeah, and then one time I was rolling, and I, I got my blue belt, and uh, Hoist said, uh, comes over and says, "My father wants to match with you." I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want to roll with this guy. He's like 80 years old. And, and he's like, just, uh, you know, he's, he's like, you know, he's older, man. Just go light. Just go. And so I, I was just kind of playing. And next thing I know, he, when he put on the, the, you know, the collar choke, it wasn't like one hand in, one hand in. It was almost like, like that. And okay. Oh, my God. And, you know, he, he taught it that you reach back and you, you put your hand back as far as you can go, but you never grab the cloth. Then you put your second hand in. And then both hands grab the cloth, you turn your, your wrist up and expand your chest. And when he did that, it was all in like a millisecond and you felt like your head was gonna explode. And I mean, he was a tiny, frail guy. Yeah. And, but his wrists were like, like knots in a pine tree. You know, like his wrists were huge. And it was really cool, you know, it was really cool. And, um, and one of the weirdest experiences yeah, of my favorite story ever. is I was in the locker room after class, I'm changing. And you know it was a beautiful. It was a beautiful academy. This, like the locker room was like, like carpeted with like wooden lockers. It looked like something out of like Caddyshack. Like that's what the <laughs> locker room was. And I feel somebody like I, was, I thought I was the only one in there. And I kind of feel a presence. And I turn and Helio standing there, buck naked. <laughs> I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh shit. And he goes, you like, you like. I'm like uh, oh my god. I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm like, uh, do I like what? <laughs> and he goes, Jujis. Judge, I said, oh, thank God. Yes, I like, I like, and then I, I didn't take a shower, and he came in to take a shower, and continued to talk to me in Portuguese the entire time, had no clue what the hell he was saying, and he just kept chatting away, and I just kept smiling and nodding, but you like was one of the scariest moments of my life. <laughs> like, oh my God. I don't know what I was supposed to like. I'm going back to karate. This shit's weird. Where, was that in Torrance? That was in Torrance, but after the first UFC, the school, it, in my opinion, really went downhill because it became... McDojo, so right. you would get the classes were exactly one hour, you know, and uh, you, if you took once a week, it was eighty bucks a month for once a week in nineteen ninety three. That was a lot of money back yeah. then, you know. So right, and and so if you signed up for a class, you had the Tuesday at six class. It wasn't like you trained once a week. That was your class. And one day I couldn't make it because of work, and I went in the next day and said, "Can I take the class?" And the secretary said, "Well, you need a note from your employer." And at this point, I'm thirty years old. I'm like, I'm not, I don't need a note from anybody. I'm not getting a note and. So there was a guy there, Richard uh, Bresler, right, I think his name was, and he saw I was unhappy. And so nobody knew anything, because Horian kind of brainwashed everybody to think if you didn't train with Helio, you weren't getting jiu-jitsu from the pure stream of... So Richard said, look, you're not happy here, go train with Higgins, Machado. And I'm like, well, Hoist has already won, I think, the first, I think he'd already won the first two UFCs. And I'm like, well, 
you know, Higgin is not as good as Hoyce. And Richard just laughed and said, Higgin could snap Hoyce in half. Like, right. just, he's like, trust me, go over there. And I went over there and I was getting tapped out. Where was that? That was in uh, Redondo Beach. Yeah. So that was the next, like, two towns over. It was actually closer to my house because I was in Manhattan Beach. And um, I was getting tapped out by guys who were, uh, like, training for two months and I've been training for a year and a half. I was made, like I was doing all kind of old school jiu-jitsu, like trying to open the guard by putting my hand between their legs and Remember stuff. Remember that? You, you yeah. do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you were getting <laughs> trying a lot. I was getting trying. And then Higgins said, you know, you, you might want to stop putting your hand there after I got trying to like the 27th time. I'm like, I don't know what else to do. And I actually tried to give him my blue belt back. I said, I want to give it back. And he said, no, you, you got that from voice, you keep it, and you earn it. And that's what, whenever somebody gets promoted today, I get a purple one, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I deserve it. My answer is usually, yeah, you're right, you don't. Now you got to earn it. <laughs> you don't. You didn't earn it. Now, now, now you earn it, motherfucker. Right. You know, if if your, your instructor gave you that belt, don't question it. Just, yep. just go, go train harder. Yeah. You know, so. I agree with that principle. It's like, first of all, it's not up to you. Yeah. And second of all, I, every belt that I got in jiu-jitsu, I never felt like I was ready for. No. And it's the best feeling in the world because now, like, if you were training hard, now you train harder. Yeah. And, like, there's this big curve, and then you get another belt, and now you train harder again. Yeah. And um, it's, it's been a great motivating thing. Oh. But how many people can, like, already this story, it's like, yeah, my first, uh, you know, instructors were Hoist, Alio, and Higgin. <laughs> like, that's... Was Hick, who was around? Was Hickson around? Well, Hickson had already had the falling out oh, with yeah. Horian. And then, but one time they came, he had come up, and then Horian was away. Horian, i got to tell you, Higgy Machado, I've never heard him speak a bad word about another human being. I mean, this guy is literally, you know, the, the, the Jews call it a mensch. He's a mensch. He just is a good guy. Crazy as fuck, but a good guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And never heard him say a bad word about anybody. And he just, when, when Horian's name came up, he said, that's not my family. That's not, he's not my family. That's all he said. But you could tell that everybody didn't like Horian. So, you know, Hickson got ripped off by Horian. And there was a lot of things that he did. So, but when Horian was away somewhere, Hickson came over and, and Hoyler was there. And I was rolling with Hoyes. And I caught him in an ankle lock. I caught him in a you know, straight Achilles, which I didn't think was a big deal. I'm like, you taught it to me. Like, you should be proud of me. You know? Right. And he goes, as I got it, he didn't tap. He just said, my foot is caught in your gi. I was like, your foot's caught in a foot lock, but... <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I don't want to mince words, but... So I just let go. I'm like, okay, sorry. And then we kept rolling, and then he beat the shit out of me. Cause, and, but as he's like going for an armbar, I kind of look up, and Hickson and Hoyler are sitting there on the bench laughing. They're laughing, like, the blue belt got him. That's all. Because <laughs> they know. But, um, yeah, Hoist was really nice and really good for what he did, but his jiu-jitsu was not not that great. I mean, when you compare it to other guys, like when I went over to Machado's, it was a whole different world from, from what Hoist was teaching. It was a whole different level of, you know, of jiu-jitsu. It was, you know, Hoist's jiu-jitsu was very basic and very, you know, like, exactly like Helios, you know, and then the Machado's were, you know, Gracie Barra, and they were, you know, yep. they were coming from Hollis, and they... Just a much bigger game. Much bigger game. Much bigger game. And, uh, they all had different games, you know, so, like, the second class there, I was trying to do an ankle lock on somebody, and instead of just sitting up, I was, like, laying back on my back, trying to, like, like crank it and put my back into it, and Jean-Jacques came over, but he wasn't, like, in a gi, he was wearing, like, he was sitting there watching, he was wearing jeans and a t-shirt, and I didn't know who he was, because nobody knew anybody back then. 
Right. So I, my immediate thought was, he's trying to show me that his English at that point wasn't very good. And I thought, oh, look how nice. They let their crippled brother hang around. <laughs> Jesus right. So that's what I thought. Yeah. And then, <laughs> right. the, next, the next class I went into, he taught it. And it was like 30 guys there. And like five of them were black belts from Brazil. And after the class, he lined up everybody, you know, by rank. And started at the lowest guy and worked his way up. And he didn't take it. Even when he got to the black belts, nobody lasted longer than like two minutes. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, who, right. what's the deal with this guy? You know? Right. And then, I think Carlos was only there for a while, and he moved to Texas, which up north, and then uh, John Jacob was placed in the Valley, and so it was John, Higgin, and, and Hodger, and I trained mainly with Hodger, because I trained a lot in the daytime. I was, I, you know, I worked at night, and my kids during the day, so I'd take my kid to kindergarten, and then I had like two hours to go train, and then go back and pick my kid up, you know? So I trained with Hodger a lot, and then um, Higgin less. I trained with Higgin you know, a good amount, but Hodger was really my instructor, you know? and I learned, a, I learned a ton from him, and not all of it was jujitsu. Like, I used to get very pissed if somebody tapped me, you know, and so he, he taught me, one time he pulled me aside and said, I want you to roll with this guy. This guy, this guy was terrible. He had like, he had seven left feet, you know, this guy. He was, I want you to let him tap you out the entire class. I don't want you to let him know that you're letting him tap you out, and every time he does, I want you to smile and say, good job. Okay, so I let it happen, I let it happen, I smiled, good job, smiled, good job. And then he, after the class, he pulled me aside and said, so, did he tap you out? I said, yes. Did anything bad happen? Did, did your, do your children not love you? Did you lose all your money? Do you not have a place to live? I'm Still like, alive. I'm like, no. He goes, see, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> You're here because it's fun. So have fun and smile. What a great... I mean, anybody that trains jujitsu should take. Like, if you're out there, like if you think it's you know the World Series every time you slap hands, first of all, you're not you, you you miss out on so much learning trying to win all the time. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. It's like there's no place in this. The only part of my ego that's left after 17 years of jujitsu is like the little bit that should be there. When I used to be here and I learned all that bullshit was fake, and I'm like, this is really what I should have kept. This yeah core of my ego is right. what I need to keep. And shed, and shed the rest of it. That is fucking fantastic. When, 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 I, when I try to win, I, I never get better. Because I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to pass your guard, grind you into the ground with my side control until you make a mistake, and then I'm going to take something. And when I don't, then I put myself in positions where I'm less comfortable. I'm less comfortable on my back than I am being on top. Sure. So if I make myself go to my back, now I have a chance to learn and get better. Is that like the Higgins style, your style? Oh, like Higgins on top, right? Dude, and I have seen, I saw, what was his name? Padapeno, Padapano. He, yeah. he came up and trained, and he tapped out from Higgins' side control. Wow. He, he tapped and said, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. It was, it was, it was he taught me the most important thing I knew about side control, and it took me a long time to learn what he was talking about, but he said, picture all your weight in one spot, like right in your solar plexus, and that's where your whole, your whole, Existence, your whole soul, everything is in that one spot. And you drop that spot on the same spot on the other guy, and then you never take it off. And then, you know, so when you're moving, that spot never moves from that spot on the other And That's crazy, because I've seen Marcio Cruz tap other people with pressure, like knee on stomach. I saw him do it to Todd Margolis at the Pan Ams one year. Just knee made him tap from knee on stomach. And the fact, and, and Pedro Pano's huge. Yeah, he's he's, a, big a, guy. he's yeah. a big guy. Yeah. I mean, Higgins a big guy. Yeah. But Pedro Pano's 
Huge. He's pretty three inches taller than me and probably another fifty pounds at least. And Higgins tapping him out. Right. Yeah. Pressure. Yeah. How old was Higgins at the time? About like when you were well, started. The Brazilian, so it could be anywhere from thirteen to ninety-two. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think Higgins is about a couple years younger than me, so I think. I remember once he told me I'm 34, but I tell people for like you know the, the martial arts magazines I'm 29. I was like, what? It sounds better if I'm not 30 yet. I'm like, okay, whatever. But um, but I think then I think he was probably in his late 20s, maybe 30, something like that. I think he's a couple years younger than me, and I'm 54, so I was I was thir- when I went over there. I think I had just turned 31, so maybe he was 29, something like that. Maybe maybe 28. And I'm not really sure. Is this the era before, like, Americans had black belts? Oh, well, I was, I actually was there when, I mean, I was, I was training with those guys when, uh, the, well, the, the Dirty Dozen, you know, the Dirty Dozen, when all the guys from the Chavos got their black belts, I was training them with that, so when Bob Bass, Rick Williams, David Meyer, Chris Howard, um, Rick Minter, I think, uh, there could have been somebody else, I'm not sure, but I was there training with those guys when they got their black belts, and that was like... I mean, I think Bob and Rick were first, I think. I'm not really sure, but they got them after they, they won the division at uh, the Pan Ams' as brown belts beating Brazilians. So I think they were the first two Americans to beat Brazilians. I get that level, you yeah. know? And then they got their black belts. And, um, yeah, it was like, it was unheard of at that time. To have a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at that time was unheard of. It was, I never thought I would ever get it. I just thought I'm just going to keep training, and I'll, be, I'll probably be a purple belt for the next, you know, until I die, you know? And uh, yeah, it was, there was not very many around. You know, it was, it was the holy grail. But purple belt was like a big oh, deal then, right? Dude, I mean, everybody it was, says there's purple belts who had purple belts so long they were white. The purple belt, you know, they just turned white and were falling off the people. You know, and when you got promoted, then I mean, I was a purple belt for five years. I was a brown belt for six and a half. You know, it was just like you just got there and you were there, man. You were, you were hanging out. <laughs> you yeah. know, so yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was a cool. Pl- it was a really cool place to train. It was really. I loved that school. So Hoist gave you blue belt. Yeah. Higgins gave you purple, purple, and then I moved to Vermont. I got my a couple of years later. I got my brown from uh, Julio Fernandez. Volker Fernandez was a six degree black belt under Carlson, and um, and then I was there for like six, six and a half years before I got my black belt. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that was I moved. I, my family moved from California to Vermont. What brought you to Vermont? Quality of life. Nice. Um, we were, we were in Southern California, and it was, like, crazy-ass expensive, you know. It was just, you know I mean, uh, we were in Manhattan Beach, and, like, that, we were looking to buy because we were renting, and the house across the street was, like, a little ranch house, and it sold for $1.2 million. Yeah. Like, you can't afford this. And so we, we moved back east and went to Vermont and kept training. It was, it was you know, it was a good, good place to train. It was a good school. That, that area of Vermont is awesome. So my wife is from, we talked about yeah. it. My wife is from there. Colchester or something? Uh, Essex Junction. Okay. But I love going up there to visit. Um, you know, you know Chris Owens, who's yeah. a black belt. Like, yeah, he, had, he had a school at UVM up there. And so, you know, I always love visiting. I think there. Vince still runs it. Vince yeah. Guy? Yep. Vince still Vince runs guy. the school. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Very nice, nice guy. guy, yeah. And he, he had the, I mean, his school has a lot of turnover because it's college kids who come in. Right. And they have to leave. The guy's just starting good. And then he goes wherever after they graduate. It's kind of seasonal, yeah. right? Uh... You know what I mean? They kind of like after the semester they go home. Yeah. And they just go yeah. for the summer, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I always, um, it's always an interesting thing when it's like that, right? Like when we first started, we got a lot of kids from, you know, UNH and things like that, and then they would just disappear for the summer. Yeah. You know, like maybe they come back, maybe they don't. Like three months they'd be gone. And all of a sudden one day they show up again. Yeah. 
But you guys got a great school. I mean, yeah. you guys got a great school, and you know, I mean, there's high quality jujitsu, high instructor. And what, what I, what, you know, I don't know. I said to you the other day, I don't know if you realized how good you have it, right? Because you got guys who aren't doing this for a living, and this is a passion. You got you, you know, you got Derek, you got Jim, guys who are passionate about jujitsu, who actually prepare ahead of time. You see, when they come in the door, they already know what they're going to teach. They've got, a, they pre prepared a class. Yep. And, you know, come on, man. I've seen a million Brazilians get on the mat and go, okay, uh... Phone me then. And then they throw, show three moves that are completely unrelated to each other. You know? Right. And, and so it's, you know, here, there's a real dedication to the sport. So it's, you know, you guys are... You, you guys have built something nice, and the guys who are at the lower level training here, I don't, you know, this is the only place they've trained. I don't think they realize how lucky they are to train here. Thanks. I mean, yeah. that means a lot, you know, but... It's the community that makes it that way. You know oh, I mean? We can try to kind of guide where the energy is going mm -hmm. and, and kind of what the attitude is in here and what the, you know, kind of the foundation is, but everybody just kind of gravitates towards it and kind of pushes it even, like even further and makes yeah. it even better, you know what I mean? You see those guys. Like, I love it when new people show up and they're like, this was awesome. They're sweaty. They're tired. They feel like they got their asses kicked, but they're like, this is awesome. I need to be here all the yeah. time. Yeah. So, I used to hate white belts. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're the worst people in the world to roll with. Right. You're getting elbowed, kicked. And right. They think the rolls are ugly. Like, yeah. But now I just realize that they're a beautiful, necessary evil. You know? <laughs> 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 it's, it's a uh, it's a training partner in the making, right? Like a couple years, you know. We'll right. put some time in the end. Eventually right. we can train. And Julio would say sometimes we had new white belts. When he moved to his new school and he bought the place, he's, it kind of got less hardcore because it used to be like a Carlson school. Like if you didn't like it, well, this guy really armbar my heart. Hey, there's the door, man. You know, like you know, you can leave. You, can leave. you don't have to stay here. And then he kind of he turned turn it down. He's a white belt. And like when I went to Higgins and I was a blue belt, those guys who had just got you know were, were still brown belts and not got their black belts yet. They looked at me like fresh meat. Like I was I was a prey animal. I was a, <laughs> I was a gazelle and they were a freaking tiger. You know, or whatever. Right. Did, did tigers eat gazelles? Was that lions. I think lions. lions. <laughs> is that a different continent? I don't I, even know. Yeah, tigers <laughs> are mostly Asia, right? So yeah. The gazelles right. in Asia? In Asia? All right, that was a small Indian boy, and they were a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just a bummer. Yeah, man. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, Chris Howder is a lion in the, in the, yeah, in the savannah. <laughs> the, middle, the middle of the field being like, I am totally outgunned here. Yeah. Yeah, he, I could run, but it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a, that was, those were really cool days because those guys were uh, hardcore, man. They, they, you know, I remember Bob Bass, uh, you know, arm locked me one time. And, you know, he was, I, I think he was taking his first guy to get his black belt, I think. And uh, he really cranked him. Like, hey, man, take it easy. And he just got in my face and he just stared at me. I'm like, I could die now. <laughs> and he said, we're not playing fucking Chitterly once here. And I was like, okay, man, okay. And from that day on, I'm like, okay. Shit like, is you, real. You roll under the, you roll, I mean, you roll good, cool. You know, you try to hurt anybody. Right. But this is some serious shit. I mean, if you wanted to, you could be hurting people here, you know, like seriously hurting people. So, yep. you know. You're right. I remember like Kenny training. I've said this before. There was a period of, you know, training with Kenny where like every time you knew, like he squared up and you were like on your side and he was setting up for the arm bar and like you're kind of defending it. And you're feeling this happening, right? And the arms are starting to separate, and you're holding your fingertips on barely. You, as soon as this was going, you had to start tapping. Because he was taking it, and he was going all the way, and it was up to you to tap to get out. 
You know what I mean? Which is fine. Like you, people think about that, be like, oh, that's kind of like shitty, right? Like, no, it's jujitsu, and jiu-jitsu, yeah. you you want to be yeah. able to someday defend yourself the way that you train. You know what I mean? And if I just take a lazy armbar and I sit there and I'm like really nice about it, I'm gonna try it one day in the street like that. And it's gonna be a little bit different. You know yeah. what I mean? Now, at an advantage, at a black belt level, I'm sure like you can gauge how you're applying things. You know what I mean? But. <laughs> There is a, I mean, you can't forget the martial component of what we're doing. Now, right? that's, that's the one thing that bothers me about this is when I first started, there wasn't as much of a sport factor in the sport. So you were training jiu-jitsu, but everything you did was applicable in a street fight. And that's not true about jiu-jitsu today. Right. You go going upside down and doing some of those crazy guards where you're spinning upside down and your head's next to the guy's knee. Try that in a street fight. Try it. I don't <laughs> care how good you are at jiu-jitsu, try it. Right. Like, you know. Marcelo lost in his only MMA, uh, his only MMA because he forgot he was in a fight. He thought he was in a jiu-jitsu match. Right. You know, he had the guy down. You know, Carlson used to say, through a translator, never in a fight, never, ever, ever give up position for submission. Stay there. If you're on top, stay there and pound the guy until either, you know, the referee stops it or the gray matter there. leaks out of his ears. Don't right. stop hitting him. You know, just stay there. And that was, that was really applicable to a fight. And now I think a lot of it isn't, you know, but... I have had to use this in real life, and it works. I used it a couple of years ago in a movie theater, and it worked beautifully. It worked. I, I, <laughs> what was the situation? <laughs> All right, it was a weird point in my life, okay? I was getting, I, so I was getting divorced after, like, um, 25 years of marriage, right? And I, had a, I, I realized pretty quickly I'm getting financially screwed here because, you know, I... You know, I made a lot more money than she did. We've been married a long time, and it's Vermont. I'm like, I'm fucked. So <laughs> that, you know, 4,000-square-foot house that I completely refurbished over the last three years, gone. <laughs> Just like gone. that. Gone. That's not mine anymore. Uh, so I was actually moved into, like, a farmhouse that was built in, like, 1860 because I didn't want to look, live in a condo or, a, like, an apartment complex. I moved into this farmhouse. And... Um, it was like the wind would blow. Was that winter when you guys got all the snow? Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't get that, but it was like there would be days where it was minus 25 in the daytime. It was just brutal. And like wind's coming through the window. Like that's how old the house was. Yeah. So I'm living there, and um, I think I had moved out of my house in like November. And my son came over on Christmas Day, and that never went to the movies, right? So we're in the movies, and there's this guy in front of me, and he's texting, right? And the, the coming attractions are, I'm like, oh, whatever, whatever. But it was, you know. Obviously a weird time in my life, you know, I'm like, I guess it's a good day to die. And let's be honest, it is movie theater edit. It is movie theater So, and this is what got me. So, the guy's texting, and he's not just holding the phone down like this, he's got it out in front of him. And it's not like one of, like a smaller iPhone, it's like one of those things that like, like he's carrying a television around with him. <laughs> so the movie starts, and we're a minute into the first scene, and he's still got it up texting. And I'm like, oh, I guess ain't going to play. It's all right so, during the previews, I don't right. care. And he was a big dude. So I leaned up. I said, hey, man, I, I didn't pay to watch you text. Can you please put it away? He turns around and looks at me. And this is where I went wrong for him. He sized me up. He sees I'm not a big guy. And he says, go fuck yourself. And I see my son just go like this next to me. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Because my son's like, at that point, he was like 20, 22 or 23. And my son's tall. He's like, you know, he's like six foot, but he's, he's thin. He's like 150 pounds. And he used to train at Higgins, but he stopped when we came to Vermont. But he, he, he can handle himself. He's got pretty good hands. So I just fucking lost my mind. The guy just go fuck yourself. And I just immediately, I wasn't trying to hurt him. Because if I was, I, I would have just choked him. 
Right, you know? just right over the seat. And, but I did. I went for his phone. Uh, my mind just snapped. I just wanted his phone. So I dove and I'm laying on his head, just head down <laughs> like this. And he's got his phone out like this, trying to keep it away from me. And I'm trying to grab the phone. And people start screaming. People start running out of the movie theater because they don't know what's going on. And it's Christmas fucking night. <laughs> so I'm trying to get the phone. My son, so, somehow, as I'm laying on this guy's head, the guy starts hitting me with his free hand. Well, my son, I don't know what was going through his head. But he saw the guy hit me and figured I was being attacked. So he gets up, shoves me off, and then clocks the guy right in the side of the head. Whatever. whatever. This sounds like a great Christmas. This yeah, sounds awesome. Christmas. This is a bad so, Christmas so movie story. I go, out, I go in the aisle to get to the guy, and the guy comes out. And he was a big dude. He's got to be about 6'3", at least 230. So I'm getting ready. I'm ready to shoot on him. My son shoves me out of the way and shoots on him, but misses. So this guy like falls like he's falling on top of my kid. And he goes to throw a punch, so I just grabbed him and threw him back. And I checked my son, like, you okay, you okay? And I turned back, and the guy's standing there, and people in America just don't know how to fight. I mean, he, it, was, it was like a Gracie in action. Like, he brought a ramp, like a right down from his hip and started to throw it. I was like, oh, God, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Perfect. And I just shot, took him down, boom, went right to the side, right to the mouth, got on top. He was like this. I put my chest down, trapped his hand, pulled it behind his neck like Hickson did, the Rocky. Yeah, brought the other foot down, stepped over, so he, he, he was completely tied up in a pretzel. And I just went, Aah! and I stopped my punch like an inch from his face. And he was going, <laughs> and he was with a friend who was standing there just shaking. Horrified. This friend had no idea what the fuck right. was happening. Right? He was right. supposed to jump in, but and, he didn't. And I stopped the punch. And I thought, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> you should have gave a kiss and like, said, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I could really, like, I'm not 18 anymore. This is in Jersey. I'm, I could go to, you know, so I got up. I'm like, I'm going to lift you up. If you play on the phone again, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, okay, okay. <laughs> and I grabbed the phone and I just threw it. <laughs> so then I get up. I'm going to put my phone so away. I, 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 I get up. And I sit back down in the seat because I'm going to watch the movie. Right? And my son goes, Dad, we should probably get out of here. What are you doing? I said, I'm watching a movie. He goes, we got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so we got in the car and it says, we're pulling out of the parking lot. Two cop cars with the lights on and rolling. Oh, man. You know what? You were right. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> Good like, thing we failed. <laughs> awesome. yeah, I love you, son. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, we had a whole bunch of that going on. We laughed for yeah. hours oh, over man. that. Oh, we laughed for hours over that. Yeah, that was we had a that was that was actually quite enjoyable. Yeah. Nothing, nothing brings a father and a son together than a good like, fight. A good Christmas movie. That's awesome. Yeah. You can uh, run a marathon, you can do a triathlon, you guys can build a house together. No, no, no. Getting a good fight together. Oh, Christmas night getting a good fight was not like it. Me and my dad almost got into a fight one time with these guys on Christmas Eve, I think, like going shopping. Like there was some road rage involved and it was fucked up. But it wasn't as good as that story. Uh, that was, that what was, was the movie is the question. Yeah, it, was, it was a Matt Damon movie and I don't remember what Matt the hell Damon. it was because it was not it, the first scene looked pretty bad, even though I couldn't really see it, you know, because of the glow of the phone in front of me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, was, it was, you know, it, it was proof that in a situation on the street, in a movie odds theater, are, odds are when you line up against somebody and you need to fight on the street, you're probably not going to be going against somebody who's won the world. Right. You know, it's probably going right. to be a guy. You know. Yep. And this was a big guy. He looked like he worked out, but when I took him to the ground. He had no clue. 
no clue what he was doing. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> but the, the worst part is he looked at me like, yeah, you're yeah. a little guy. Oh, yeah. Don't tell me I'm a little guy. I fucking know I'm a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware that I'm short. I've been short my whole fucking life. Don't fucking tell me. <laughs> I don't even hear it. That's awesome. Some little guy bonded right now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, I know, I know, I know. He's under 200. You probably love him. <laughs> I run. I get. A, I got a message from Johnny oh, Pants the other day. He's like, I'm listening to this podcast, and you guys are talking about me. He's like, you were right though. We guessed his weight or something. I think who's like, this? Johnny Pants. Oh like, yeah. We must have been talking about this weight, and you said, I think you said 170. Yeah. And that's what he weighs, 170. So good work. I know. And on a good day. So we had 20 people on <laughs> saying Johnny Pants weighs. We had, we I'll had, call Johnny Pants out a little had, bit there. We had uh, 20-something people on the mat today. Yeah, today was fantastic. There was five, maybe six people that were over 200. Correct. Most of, what, most, most of them were black belts and purple belts. Remember, the, the, the argument wasn't the big people. It was the upper belts are all is, huge. What percentage is six of 25? I'm not, the argument was upper belts, belts. Upper belts. and a half percent. Are the, are the huge percent. guys. Upper belts are the huge guys. And that, but today was great. There were only like three or four unbelievably high-level upper belts that were over 200 pounds. I love this, by the way. You know that. And Derek's about I'm a very lucky guy. Yeah. Derek is 160 yeah. 165. Yeah. Yeah. Depending I'm on the Pop Tarts that day. It's <laughs> one weight class above me. One weight class above you. Yeah. It's, it's worth saying, uh, you know, it's a treat. It's a it's to be serious. It's the, the worst thing in the world is to feel like you come into class, I'm being serious. You come into class, I can own everybody in the class except for the instructor. That's not a good class. That's that's a great class, but that it can't be that way. I have to make sure that if I come in and I'm not going, oh fuck, a little bit, then I probably should find another class. Like what this, days do you I, come I in that it isn't like that? I disagree. Do you? Yeah. If I can, if I know that I can beat somebody, what am I going to gain by beating them? No, I'm agreeing. With you. Yeah. No. But, oh, I'm sorry. But, making, are we, am I, yeah, I'm okay, making so not being clear. There's, there's a middle ground there. I put myself in really bad position oh, no, I mean, yeah, without right. letting them know I'm doing it. We've talked Except about for something. the man. I flop right on yeah. my back and let her take side <laughs> control. And... <laughs> See, we talk, we've talked about this on the, on the podcast yeah. a number of times. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. And that's great. What I'm saying is, uh, for a while, uh, George and I, we both at the Jiu-Jitsu club, they were, I mean, at the Judo club, there were, there were just only you guys, us, and whoever was teaching. And it's like, yeah, you're like, for the first couple of weeks, you're like, woo, I'm the fucking lions now. It took me all... <laughs> Start from the bottom, now I'm here, then you realize this is not what you want, you know? So, no, I mean, yeah. I'll joke and about it all day. But. You're right. There is, I, we've talked about it in another podcast, there is an art to letting the guy work for something, you know what I mean? And, and eventually letting him get it without him knowing that yeah. you're letting him do it. Yeah. There's an art to it. Yeah. And it's all jujitsu, it's all sensitivity. Like, I'm going to make it tougher. Yeah. I'm going to keep on kind of repositioning. Yeah. Eventually, I'm going to allow the pass, but I'm going to make it tough. I'm going to make him really work for it. And then I'm going to defend properly and make sure that he gets the submission properly. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's an art right, to well, it. It's, to, a, it's we, beautiful when you do it. Like, sure. Yeah. And I don't, you're just like you, I don't care walking away that I don't even care what he thinks. I had, a, I had a bad moment a, a couple of weeks ago and it was my fault. It was my head. But I uh, came in. And part of it is the fact that I'm getting, that I'm older. I'm 54. And I can't do the things I did when I was 40 physically. I used to have a very explosive game, a lot of backflips, like passing guard. I would do like this backflip spin right into north south, right into an armbar. I, I couldn't do that today. Oh, shit. If you shoved the never, you shoved the never already up my ass, I couldn't pull it off, right? <laughs> so, so, but I came in and there was this purple belt. I forget who he was, I forget his name. 
Paul. You're talking about here? Yeah. Talahedro. Uh, Matt, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unassuming, too. He doesn't look like ben, he's going to kill you. <laughs> didn't look, I'm thinking, well, he's probably got a really, really light game. Then he grabs my game. Oh, shit. Like, yeah, super strong. Like a mistake right. mental patient grabbing my game. Right. And, and he proceeded to, he proceeded game, to dominate me. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the fact that I was getting dominated. It wasn't the fact that I was losing. It was the fact that, yes, he's, he's very good. But a large portion had to do with the fact that every time we would go for some sort of scramble, he would just beat me because of the fact that he's 28. 28. And I'm 54. You know, and, and so it was one of those moments of coming to terms with it. You guys will both get there. You, know, you guys will get there when all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I'm like actually, I'm old. Like, you know, right. I'm old and I can't do the things I used to do and I can't beat some of the people I used to beat. And now I have to adjust and accept that. This was one of those moments of acceptance. And I walked out here with my head down, bummed out. And I was talking to Derek on the way out. And he's like, yeah, but you got on the mat, right? I'm like, ah, fucking young I know, yeah. Thank, thank, <laughs> thank you very much so, for that I, consolation I, I, prize. I, yeah. <laughs> I, got, I mean, got, I know he means well, though. I'm no, not calling no, no, Derek. No, he, he was yeah, absolutely but. right. I, mean, I got half the way home, and I just, I, I, I got mad at myself for being down on myself. Like I was like, right. I was disappointed in me for feeling that way. I'm like, right. dude, this is jujitsu. You got a night on the mat. You got your ass beat, you pussy. Shut up. Just shut up. Shut up. Move shut up. on with your life. Walk up and fight again. You know? right. And I was like, and after that, I was just, I, I, it was a moment of, and I think everybody probably struggles with that once in a while. If they, you know, you reach a certain level and all of a sudden you're just getting, but part of it is adjusting to the fact that I'm older now and I just can't do as many things as I used to do. So that's, it's, it's true everywhere. I mean, I'm I'm in reasonable shape. Like I work hard to try to stay in shape. I do a lot of jujitsu. You know, I mobilize and try to lift and I try to do all these things to keep myself from being injured. But I'm almost forty years old. It's different than when I was twenty. And like you're saying, I'm like I'm fifty three. It's different than when I was forty. Well, yeah. And the and the that change evolves over all the time. And I still have days. Generally, I I, I have my attitude is good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like most of the time. Yeah. But there are days, win or lose that role, that I go home and I'm like, and I'm sore now. My neck hurts, you know, from doing from fighting out of something I shouldn't have fought out of. Sometimes it's because I won, and I like I ended up getting out and getting on top and tapping the guy, or I didn't and I lost. But I'm pissed anyway because my mind went someplace it probably shouldn't have gone. Right. right. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, what right. the fuck is the matter with me? Like, I think Brazilians are better that they're better about that than Americans. The fact that it's just training and just stopping. They, if you watch them roll, they seem to not care. Right. Like there's no, they don't care if a blue belt taps out a black belt. It doesn't matter. You know, we're here kind of, I don't know. It, but but I, um, I was down on myself that night. But, you know, I came back the next day and trained, and now I don't give a damn. You know? so, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's another day on the mat, man. All right, so you've... Uh... So this is where Ron comes in and starts fucking with you. Okay. Just so you know. Right, right. Just so you're prepared. Okay. So... Uh... <laughs> So let's say uh, your uh, not you your average uh, jujitsu dude right. is in jujitsu for I don't know let's say whatever ten years right just come up with a number right <clears throat> so you start go through a couple of belts mm-hmm. kind of get to that terminal velocity you're either going to go on and you know puchetta for the rest of your life or you're going to open a school or you're not you know you're going to kind of get to that point right mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen this a thousand times right you see these people come in what do you think about starting young? And doing the 10 years, starting 22, you know, doing the 10 years, starting 30. Do you think this is a different experience? How does that work? Well, God, yeah. Because you, you didn't start yeah, I super I was 29. I was yeah. that young, yeah. 
But um, you're still doing this. Like, you went past that terminal velocity. Sure, yeah, yeah. You didn't stop. You didn't say, well, you know, I did this. I'm going to move on. Right. It's, you don't have 10 years and you stop. You just keep on going. Where is that? Do you know what that switch is? Do you have any insight on that switch? Why are you still I, doing this? Why am I still doing this? Because I remember uh, Helio saying through voice, and, you know, and when I was still, I think a white belt still, that nobody ever learns jujitsu. Nobody ever knows jujitsu. You spend your whole life trying to figure it out. There's no such thing as a jiu-jitsu expert. Right. Black belt is just really a beginning step. That means you understand, you have a good understanding of what the sport is. The sport's infinite. And so I'm constantly amazed to come back and see new things and, and try new things and try to get better at the things I do. So, I mean, I'm under no impression that I'm ever going to be, you know, a world-class jiu-jitsu player. But I think I can be better every time I train. It's funny, I mean, uh, I, mean I, lo- I love the sport. I'm poking I mean, at it a little bit, but I mean, but you, but you can say that about a lot of stuff. You can say that about painting. You know, you can say it about a lot of things. Something kept you on this one. That's, yeah. I guess, what I'm getting. Yeah, at. this is my personality. Oh, okay, okay. This so is, you, you connected directly to who? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, I don't, most people don't <laughs> want to come in here and have a guy lay on their head. You know, well, you do. Hey, you're saying. It's yeah. kind of a weird. <laughs> it's a weird thing. <laughs> then you come in on your Saturday that. And right. people, people choke the shit out of you and be like, I come here voluntarily and this is my favorite thing to do. This is, this is, this is, well, well on, a, on, a, on a second second favorite thing to do. On a good day, you, on a good day you play a number of different roles though, right? You know, you know you're not just getting killed. I caught you there. Man knows what he's talking about. Fucking black belt. you know, it, it's weird because one of the things the biggest thing is and it takes a long time to realize this, and then when you go with someone who's bigger or better, like, you know, then you, you kind of, sometimes you can forget it, but one of the biggest things you need to learn in this sport, and it's incredibly difficult, is relax, man, relax. And you see white belts or blue belts and they're panicked, you know, and I remember panicking and being claustrophobic and, and got to the point of, um, you know, almost tapping out from having somebody on side control, just somebody in north-south, or, and it's a hard thing to say, you're right, listen, I'm going to try and arm lock you or choke you. I'm going to try to do things we, that if I actually applied them would really fuck you up. But while I'm laying here in your head looking for that move, just chill out, man. I always find it funny, like when I'm on top of a white belt who's panic mode, and I'm yeah. like, I'm on top of him, crushing yeah. him. Yeah, my little crush, little version, and I'm like, dude, you just gotta relax. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of say like, that yeah. makes me laugh. So, so, so like, that's really you know not what helpful. Yeah, and, and like, like that's the funny side of it for sure. You're like, just relax, just relax. Man. But half the time, uh, I remember a couple guys when they first started. I would be on the bottom and they would be on top. Oh, yeah. And they're breathing harder than oh, I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, you definitely yeah. gotta relax. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're so tired when the bell rings, I'm like, you were yeah. on top the right. whole time. They're trying to pass my guard, I'm just laying there and you're like yeah. exhausted. Right? Yeah. I was rolling with this guy the other night, last night, uh, KJ. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And he asked me before, before we, we were hitting the pads, he, oh, you punch hard. You punch hard, you know? And I'm like, okay, whatever. He's like, did you box? I'm like, yeah, I did. He's oh. And he's like, you're a black belt, right? I said, yeah, yeah. So then we started rolling. He's a white belt. I'm a black belt. So. But every time we tapped him on, he'd go, yeah. And I'd say, uh, finally, I said, are you upset? He goes, it's very frustrating. I said, are you under the impression you're going to win? <laughs> right. <laughs> he said, no. I said, then don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're going to get, I'm going to tap you out. If it didn't, if you, yeah. if a black belt didn't tap a white belt out, there's a real problem. Yeah. So I'm like, just relax, man. Have fun. It doesn't, you know, this is how you learn. This is how you learn. 
And I, I don't know. He's still uh, he's got a ways to go before he's going to get that understanding. But right. well, I mean, uh, he's he, on the journey though. Like I've noticed he, a big change over the last few weeks. Like he like he hasn't figured out that he's going to tap ten thousand times between now and then. And that everyone's a gift, right? <laughs> you know, every tap's a gift, man. Right. You know? I think it's a little different now. I'm guessing the mask. I guess it's different now because I can flip on the the finals of any competition, and there's a lot of competitions. I beat Jeff now, yeah. you know, all the time. It's one every couple of weeks or every week, pretty much the whole year. And those guys are not relaxing. Now, I understand what you mean by relaxing. They mm-hmm. kind of are relaxing, but it doesn't appear that way mm-hmm. in that situation at all. They're going fucking ham. That's number one. And so, of course, it's easy. I don't easy. think they're going ham. No, no, yeah, I, I don't think they're going Let's not argue that. I'm, I understand. I'm saying the impressions oh, so of someone who's looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with that. Are <laughs> <laughs> you going ham? I, I understand that I'm wrong. <laughs> but just, but just, just disagree with me. With me. Just See, go with it. This is basically what happens. It's a serious question. And we make a joke. When we're done, no, dude, I'm asking a serious question. Okay. They are l- appearing to go ham to someone who doesn't understand what your definition of relaxing is. <laughs> I understand what that means. But they're relaxing at an extremely high power output level with their steroid infused bodies at 900 miles an hour which is still are you relaxed. suggesting that was a lot Buchecha, of uh, Buchecha right now is not completely natural yeah. and when he goes he <laughs> he's on the hot sauce to, yeah. I think we can all agree that he's really <laughs> white though like that naturally yeah <laughs> Just, do, you, do humans ever look like that naturally it's acai dude to, to, <laughs> some, to like someone new they don't look relaxed yeah, there's a difference between that and, and telling a white belt to relax. I totally get that. Complete, complete, complete difference. So uh, that that's a whole different thing. You know? But I guess so, what I'm saying was, though, is before and I, I can't you... watch any of those jujitsu matches, by the way. Any jujitsu tournament, I can't watch any of it. I've been in the sport for 24 fucking years. I'm bored shitless. Every two minutes, I'm like, I'm bored. I don't want to do bored. this. The double guard pull. I, I, oh. <laughs> oh, it's my pet peeve. Huh. I, I personally think it's gotten to the point where if you pull guard, you should lose two points, like, a, like Abu Dhabi. I mean, the old, you watch, go, go watch, um, the, the, the Pan Ams from 1996 where Higgin beat Holenta. Yep. And Holenta pulled guard. But you watch the other matches, no one pulls guard. Right. Except, like, maybe Jean-Jacques. He's fighting a bigger guy. Right. But those guys are fighting for a takedown. To get They're a top fighting position. Fighting to be the top position. Right. And that, that comes from back then. At that point, everything was still applicable to a fight. Like, I'm not pulling guard in a fight, man. Right. Why do I want to be on my back in the street fight? It's not going to happen, you know? So. Well, but that points to the same thing. What I'm getting at is when you get a, a, someone who's new coming in, mm-hmm. And they're having this spaz problem. Right. You know. And what happens is if you go home 25 years ago, right. you're thinking about what the instructor said. You're thinking about, like today, Jay, George, Derek put up three half guards. You're going to go home. You're going to go, okay, I got maybe part of this. I have no idea what that hooky thing that Derek was doing. I get it. But I don't understand how to go that direction. I would have gone the other way. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone new, you guys are talking about some new, new people, you're going to go home and you're going to flip on YouTube and you're going to go, okay... What do these guys mean? And you're going to start going down this this weird sort of hole of a bunch of too much information that doesn't really matter. And the right thing to do, of course, is listen to the goddamn instructor. Right. I mean, do you see that kind of thing changing? Do you see? Do you think that's part of the reason why you got nine, you know, nine rolls underneath to ten steps later, you get the guys back and you know, inverted upside down worm. Lapel thing? I, well, I, I don't do those things, but uh, those aren't my, a lot of a lot of things that, that that are being done here are new to me. Like I don't like Derek's half guard game is completely new to me. I don't play that game. Yeah, it's cool. So it's all so I'm, I feel like a white belt with that. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like a white belt with, with watching that. It's like I'll extended watch, deep half. Yeah, Everybody when I, when has I watch sort of regular half deep half. Very well for him, so I'm like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. 
I get to learn a whole new thing, you know? It's not naturally, I don't, I'm going to try my best to learn it. I don't ever think it's actually going to be my game. But, and that, that's a big thing in jiu-jitsu is learning what your game is. Hey, but did you, know? you go home, are you going home tonight and, and, you know, and calling up the coyote guard and, and to see how her George did off videos or are you, you know, probably I, not, right? I would, I would really rather like sit and stare at a wall. Uh, I'm agree with like, you. I'd rather, you know, stare at a prison wall, yeah. you know, than watch uh, jujitsu on YouTube. I, I can't, I can't do it. Right I'm, I'm really yeah. trying to support this attitude towards learning, which is learn what's in front of you, learn it well. Put it in the place. Run. Trust the people that are around you. Train more. Just train more. Yeah, no, just it's, yeah. it's true. It's train like, more with a great instructor. Remember our last guest yeah, you had that you, you should one on? of the one of the yeah. greatest instructors ever. Remember, remember him? <laughs> yes. And if you have, She's like this, like let me be clear about what you're saying. One of the greatest. Yeah, is, but but when what you're trained more, if you're training the wrong thing more, you're bad. I, and that we all agreed there. So when you're the, like when you're right talking about when a guy goes to the world, first of all. If it's adults, it's 10 minutes. It's the longest match you can have in an IBJJF tournament. So I can go ham for 10 minutes because, I, like Howder says, I'm, I'm, I'm acting to win within a certain rule set. So what right? you're saying is they're going ham, Dave. What I'm what I'm, I'm just starting to say what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't do that anymore. I'm just doing what you guys do. Matthew, here. So, it's all good. So they're, nobody's they're gonna, going ham here. They're yeah, he's going to behave within their tool set. So they can go hard. They're going to no, go yeah. hard. They're not going to give up anything. They're, going, they're trying to win. It's the world fucking championship. Of course. So, But it's only 10 minutes, and then they go yeah. to get to go rest. And the other thing is, so like now you get a kind of understanding for where they're at. That's like... The highest output level, it's right? It's also the world championship, so, right? So let's look at in the academy every day. Which white belt walks through the door, and for the first six months, they're so uncomfortable with where they are in the role and in their their knowledge base. They're like, <laughs> all the time, yeah, literally in here in this safe environment, they can't survive, yeah. and they're recognizing that they're trying to learn some self defense. Like if I can't survive in here. How am I ever going to survive out there? And the biggest reason for them, it's not technical. No. It's in here. They it's, can't yeah. save their breath and breathe like a normal human being. And they get control of that in here. So when it happens out there, they don't lose control of their emotions, which will make them lose their breath in about one second. One of our, uh, one of our, our relatively... Uh, Does that make sense? New, just absolutely. One of the yeah. guys who started yeah. at the club, Bell, but I don't know, a year ago or whatever, I don't want to call him out. Uh, got attacked by a pit bull the other day and punched the fucking thing in the head so hard. Someone from here? Off, then punted it into the other room, grabbed the thing, escaped, came back in after they put it away and finished his job. Yeah, he was a. Uh, I'll let him tell you the story. I don't want to call people out by name what like you level? guys do, but uh, but boy, I Thank mean, you it guys was. Do. But the answer was you really shouldn't. Yeah, Very the journalistic integrity. No, 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 no. But the bottom line is, it was exactly what you just said. It was like it's. There's no time for any thinking. It's like now, there, done. Five, so ten they, seconds later, you know, like it, you either were you either lost your hand or you didn't, and that was the end of that. I I'm not talking about any people's listen, names on what this. What belt thing. are they? I Come remember. On, I just want to try to. Understand. I'll tell you. After What's the their podcast? initials? What's their initials? I'll tell you after the podcast. <laughs> I remember when Jay's thing. He used to be obsessed with the question of whether or not he could armbar an orangutan. An orangutan. Are you crazy? No. <laughs> no. It wasn't armbar and orangutan. Wasn't it? I thought. I, look, since then, I've, no. little, I've changed my attitude a little bit. No. I would lose in a fight to an orangutan. I get it. <laughs> Who's the. Uh, are I, you guys- I did some research and I saw some videos. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're clearly a lot stronger than I am, and they're going to rip my face and my nuts uh, off first. I don't listen to <laughs> my jujitsu is probably going to go out the window at that point. Could you wrist lock in a ring? Thank no. I don't, I don't think I so. Maybe I don't small joint manipulation. They got long fingers. One of the uh, one of the foot, one of the one of the great is it running backs. Retired oh, right yeah. now. Just do you know? If you pick it up, I'm sorry, I don't know who it was. No, I know uh, running back about. who, uh, who uh, uh, God damn, he was on my fantasy football Arian team. Like, Foster? yeah, it was. I think was Foster. right. Was Arian Foster? Maybe said he could uh, win. He'd beat up like a wolf. I think was what yeah, he was saying. Or yeah, whatever. And he got no. onto like all these podcasts and he's talking about it. And that's stuff. just not. That's no, not, that's not true. No, I no, that, you can't. So they're the terrifying. They kill shit with their faces. Could you versus a tiger? But no. you get a samurai sword. No, yellow. No, you have one shot. You got one swing. Talk about. Talk about Musashi. Seven hundred pounds, right? You're calling Musashi. They're big ass animals. Steve, let me say this. You know Musashi would say you have one stroke. You have one swing. Right. That's the truth. See, that's that's stupid. That's stupid. That's dumb. Musashi only has one swing. That's like Floyd Mayweather versus Hicks and Gracie. I, I, I would yes. He either knocks him out or it's all over. Right. How is that? Not I like martial arts. That's that every piece of martial art all in one perfect. I think thing. you, you need said to let go of Musashi and embrace Ensign. Do you want? That's crazy. Embrace your I can appreciate yeah. both of them. Nah. Uh, you can't Why? hear Jimmy. You guys are, <laughs> you guys are so American. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, America. You know, yeah, you know what's funny is. Uh, oh, we have a guest. That's right. When I did the karate thing, they, they were all in this Japanese being a superior society, a Japanese society. And finally, one day, I said, uh, right in the class, I just, you know, I was right, right at my wit's end. I'm like, no, it wasn't. Goes, what do you mean? I said, in World War II. <laughs> I said, did, you know, see the Americans actually doing anything like the rape in Manchuria? Do we have rape camps? Right. Do we have concentration camps? No. We're a better society. Right. There's society based on conformity. We're society based on individuality. Fuck you! <laughs> nice. Was it over right. when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Right. I lost my mind. I was like, you know, because I, I, you know, I, I, I know a lot of Japanese people, and I'm sorry. It's a different culture. I respect it. I wouldn't necessarily call it better. You know, I wouldn't judge it that way. I don't think that... You, 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 you realize know, the American joke was a joke, Yes, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I was flashing back to another thing. I'm more American than either of these guys. <laughs> I know a lot of... Some good, some bad. No, they're all good. <laughs> See, you and me have more America in us than either of these guys does. So we're all... What does that mean? We're so American. Yeah, what does that mean? Explain that. Explain yourself. Yeah. What that? So what were the early tournaments like, though? Like, uh, Oh, they were horrible. Uh... They were so disorganized. Yeah. I have a question. Oh Before you go to that, why are all the referees always Brazilian? Why do we have American referees? Answer the question. Why are there always Brazilian referees? I well, because know. if, if the, all the referees aren't Brazilian, how do you cheat the Americans out of yeah. that? Why don't yeah. you just have American referees? You would know this because you were there around the I beginning. Did they ever have American referees then? Well, oh, Carlos no. Ron. It was back, always just Carlos Brazilian. Back, 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 then, back then, there was no oh, Americans qualified. We were all blue belts. You know, we were all... That Brown seems so a little bit suspect. No, back, back, back you don't have no, to win. Then, are all the referees all could beat you up? No, he's right. Back then, there were there was yeah. no Americans that knew enough about jujitsu to oh, become ref at a yeah. Pan Am. Oh, okay. they 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 like so they, they didn't even have the the, the, the Pan Ams, you know, had just started or hadn't started yet. Florida, so the, the big one was. Um, the big tournament when I was in California was the Copa Pacifica. The right. Clubber Luciano ran it. Yeah. And uh, it was horrible. I actually, it was the only time I ever left the tournament without competing because 
they had, my, I was a blue belt, so my division was supposed to start by one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, they ran out of food at four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, no, earlier, like three o'clock in the afternoon, they're out of food. And it's 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night, my division hasn't started yet. Oh, I haven't eaten since God. noon. And I went up to his wife and she said, do you know when the division's going to start? And she goes, I don't know. You, if you leave, you don't get your money back. I was like, Fuck I've been there since 10 o'clock and I've been there 12 hours no one everybody's still white belts on the mat so I just, I just left but, right. uh, but they were terrible I mean I saw Clever repping one of his guy's fights and the other guy took his guy down passed the guard mounted him knee on belly mount got his back with the hooks in no points. <laughs> no points. I mean, this was like 17 points, nothing. Hey, you want to know why there aren't American refs? Yeah. At That's the end why. of the match, well, he no, held I mean, his guy's hands think, up. You would think Americans would put on a, 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 a you know, a, well, they do. Would, would have, well, now, well, I know. They did but I mean, at the time, they would have at one point just go, hey, look, why don't we just have our own tournament? Well, for a while, no Brazilian referees. There, there's millions of tournaments. We, we, Nagas, Grapplers Quest. No, I know. They go off one time, except they made up their own rules, you know, so that's right, because it's all about. Yeah, it's funny. This is coming off yeah. completely oh, Brazilian negative. There's, there's a million great Brazilian referees too, but I think it's pretty safe. So to get say back to your question, there's what a number the of people that are just Yeah, back then the tournaments were, uh, uh, you know, a, a six-minute blue belt match followed by Brazilians arguing for 15 minutes. <laughs> that's, that's what tournaments were. <laughs> that's what tournaments were. A lot of heated, a lot of arguments, a lot of. I did see a cool thing though one time at the. At the, <laughs> this is my favorite Pan, part of the, the podcast. The, the Pan Ams when uh, when Higgins when he when he beat Oleta, that one, there was like a three day event, you know, and there was a fight that broke out, and Higgins and Hickson were sitting at the tables, like the ta- this, like the rough, reps table was at the end, you know, like under where the basketball court. was. This is in. during the competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A fight broke out, and the two guys were just swinging, and it was like. Guys from each club came out. And it, was, it was a brawl. Like know? in the stands? No, on the mat. Oh, no shit. Mat, yeah. And so uh, Higgin and Hickson just got, got up and started walking towards it next to each other. And as they got closer, people just started the sea part. Yeah. The sea part. And they got there. And I think it was just Hickson just like was had his finger in his face, in the one guy's face, just like. And then said, yeah, just pointed to get out. And the guy wasn't going to talk back to Hickson. Right. So he left. But it was, it was funny to see as these two guys came oh, yeah. in. It was like two, like... You know, giant grizzlies were walking down, you know, right. into a pen of sheep. And people were just scattering. Might, it, might as well be Jesus. Right. But that is that is who those two guys are. Like, you know, when you think about it, and now we, you know, we all know the history of jiu-jitsu really well. Like, you can say whatever you want about Hoist. Hoyler was a very good competitor. He was really good. Great competitor. But, you know, there was, there was Hickson and there was Higgin right here. Like when they compete, I think I think Hickson, you know, I saw a video like, like Hickson got the better, of, but they would have wars. You're talking about a guy, a yeah. guy that would have wars with the greatest living example of yeah. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Like Higgin is the top of the food chain. Oh, Higgin, Higgin's a unique character, man. He's a funny guy. People love him. People love him. He's a funny guy. Um, He's, got, he's almost like a giant child. Uh, he loves cartoons. <laughs> he loves uh, any kind of superhero movies. He uh, he made his nephew go to when they remember the uh, the second Star Wars, like not the first three Star Wars, but the next yeah. one. They put on? He made his nephew Johnny. He, Johnny hung out with my kid. He made him go to that like nine times. The kid's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And he, that way, he can say, I'm taking my nephew. It's not. <laughs> he gets to watch the kid. <laughs> but one time we were, it was like fifteen of us standing outside of class, and Higgins' apartment was across the street, and. 
There's no hate And we're all waiting, and we're waiting. Finally, I think it was Rick Williams. You know, I was like a blue belt. Yeah, I still a blue belt. He's like, go across the street and get hit. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I go schlepping over there, I knock on the door, and Hodger opens the door. I'm like, I'm supposed to have a class. And he just turned and pointed at Hagen and shrugged. And Hagen's sitting in front of the TV in his little tiny whitey underwear <laughs> watching Superman cartoons. <laughs> Super, like the old League of Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, um, this class, this class. And he just went like this. He pointed at the TV and went, Superman. <laughs> Superman. I, I, we, we were laughing. I was like, I'm going to buy him Superman underwear. You know? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I look at Hodge. I'm like, what do I do? And Hodge is laughing. He hands me the keys. Go open the door. I'll be over in a minute. But that was what he was like. He was like a big kid. You know? And tell you what, though, this guy. Big kid that could kick your ass. Kick your ass. Never saw. Yeah, you've seen him, right? Yeah. Not yeah. exactly Brad Pitt. Right. Yeah. Never seen anybody get better looking women than Higgins in the channel. Really? Ever. There was a girl he was dating. I think she was like in the play, uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Wow. And, he came, and she came in and he was talking to somebody. She said, hi, Hagen. He goes, don't you see I'm talking to someone? Went back talking to the guy again. I'm like, no, no, no. Let me talk to him. <laughs> by no means, if, if, if this crosses the country and Hagen Machado, if you're hearing this, by no means am I calling you ugly at all. <laughs> Jason about to call you ugly. <laughs> yeah. But the girl in the swimsuit issue. It was totally like, Steve. No, I did it. With all due respect, ain't done. No, but no, yeah. I mean, no, he, that was all the time. I mean, there was girls that were just like outrageous, like scale of one to ten, they were twenty-seven, and it was just like was, every other week he was with. It was just like he's not a handsome man. He's not. No, he knows that. He, that, he doesn't look that was but, he's, but he's he's incredibly charismatic. Yeah, he's yeah. incredibly charismatic, and it, it, it engenders a, a tremendous uh, loyalty because he's really loyal to the people who are loyal to him. Right. He came to Boston. He did a seminar in Boston one twice actually, and uh, I got I, I got to talk to him a little bit. It was right after I had my knee surgery, so I wasn't on the mat. I'm just sitting there. So when he would take a break and we would chit chat, he had the mohawk at the time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, man, he had me in stitches. Yeah. He had me in just the shit that was coming out of his mouth was so he's a funny. Guy. Was so funny. Yeah. Which is in Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills, right? Now, yeah. yeah. Now he's in the. Now he's kind of moved into like. Teaching like uh, like celebrities and stuff. Yeah, and but it's like Academy yeah. Beverly Hills. Like, the, I think it's called the Academy. The Academy. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I should yeah. know that. That's okay. That's we don't, right. No, we don't have the uh, internet here. We're on the uh, on the mats. Yeah, the but um, yeah, he's an interesting cat. You know, they're they're, they're all really good instructors. I mean, they're all they're all world class. You know, jujitsu players in their in their day. That are now. It's kind of weird because I, I see them now. And I'm like, oh my god. You know, John Machado looks. Oh my god, he's getting, looks like he's getting old. And I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my god, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the part where I was getting old. Now here I am. I'm old. This is a really interesting. Like, I love this because when I, you know, when people that are newer to jujitsu talk to me, like my history starts in a certain place, and then I live that history, right? But so anything before that, I had to go and find out what happened. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and you, your jujitsu started so much earlier. You know what I mean? Where and in a different place, at a different place, but at a very grassroots lucky. level. I was yeah, really lucky. I mean, right place, right time. Somebody, you know, recommend I go someplace because I was unhappy in the sport I was doing yep. to some sport I'd never heard of. Right. You know, to some guy I'd never heard of who I heard they were beating people up. That's all I heard. I was like, <laughs> I'm in that. I'm good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm good for that. I like I'm good that. Good for that. You know, and we, there was a couple times there where they had people. Now, a lot of times the Gracie challenge matches weren't exactly like you heard. This is a this is Wait, a world class really? taekwondo. No, it's not. It's a fat cholo who's drunk. Like, <laughs> there were a couple times people coming in, they they'd get a few in them and say, right, "Let's go take this challenge." You know, 
It'd be like, really? You're going to let this guy fight somebody? Like, you know? Like, I wouldn't even let him drive. But they, they, they come, <laughs> would come in. If there was a challenge, you'd take in class. Everybody stop. Sit down on the walls. Okay, we're going to fight this guy. And it was wild. It was like, a couple times it was legitimate guys who had trained for years in a different martial art. And they would just beat the living hell out of the guy right in front of him. It was, yep. it was crazy, you know? So... You know, you've so. seen a couple. I mean, if you look, if you anybody who hasn't seen Gracie in action, by the way, you need to go watch that. I mean, it is it is the Hori and Gracie marketing scheme of the century. Oh yeah, but though just the, just listening to the narration, it's yeah. kind of like uh, so. Don't like you'd be much better off to you know watching like Art Suave or something like that to to get a feel for the, what how jujitsu really is. But if if you're wondering if jujitsu works. Or you're doing jujitsu and you haven't seen Gracie in action, one and two, you need to go watch that stuff because it's, it's tricky, amazing. The it's fight tricky, with yeah. uh, Hickson, Hickson and Hugo Duarte on, on the, the beach. beach. Yeah. yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. That's, you know. Yeah. Hickson, Hickson um, everybody knows the story about when the Japanese guy went to his school. Yeah. Is that so, Funaki? No, no, no. It wasn't. wasn't it was some other guy. But, um, Sorry, guys. I should have the internet here. And I should but have stuff. but I, uh, I remember when um, Hickson. <laughs> Hoist was telling me, told, told us that Hickson pulled into a, uh, in, into like a, uh, uh, a Home Depot in, in California. And unlike here, like here you think parking is bad because you have to park in the back. In California, there's times you're driving around the parking lot for 25 minutes, there's not a single spot, you know? Right. And so, you know, a parking space can get a little volatile. And he pulled in and apparently he cut somebody else out of the parking space. And when they got out, the guy got out of the car and was screaming at him. And Hickson's like, all right, man, just calm down, calm down, calm down. He said, you motherfucker, blah, blah. And Hickson's like, Look, man, calm down. He kept cursing Hickson. Hickson was like, look, I don't want trouble. I don't want trouble. I don't want trouble. But he had his kids with him. And finally, the guy kept cursing. Hickson said, look, I got my kids with me. I don't want trouble. And the guy goes, fuck your kids. Oh, no. Boom, right to the ground. <laughs> choked him, left him laying on the couch <laughs> in the parking lot, and went into the store. <laughs> to do his stuff. <laughs> Pick went, up some pain. Went about his day. <laughs> Just went about his day. And then came out Leave his and bodies in, the, in his wake. <laughs> These stories are obviously self-selected. You end up getting the stories from people who are super badasses for when people who didn't know they were super badasses decided to try their luck with the super it's badass. Great story. Right. Obviously, these stories are all awesome, so keep them coming. This is, yeah. Yeah, this is some basic math. There. It's like Rogan said, you don't like... You don't you know. No you idea how much you don't know. You don't know. You don't know who the other guy is. Don't know. Like I was there when uh, Shamrock showed up uh, with. I think it was Fanatic. I'm interested in this and part here because it was hard to tell where those guys were legit and where they weren't. You knew they were legit fighters, but you didn't know how that kind of matched up. So Shamrock had lines then at the time. Are you talking no, about? Yeah, we, he showed up after he fought Hoist the first time. He showed after up. He did. Okay. After the first time. He was getting ready for the second fight with Hoist. Thank you. This is at Hoist's? No, this is with Higgins. Oh, Higgins. Already, I'd already gone to Higgins yeah, by the second yeah. fight. Okay, and, so this and is Shamrock just showed up. With Shamrock shows up. Yeah, and said, yeah, I want to roll. And Higgins like, okay, let's roll. And we sat there and watched Higgins tap Shamrock out 27 times. I this mean, is just... Rolling. Rolling. No, not even a gi, just go for it. No, uh, no. They put they had Shamrock and Fonaki put gis on, and then Shamrock complained about having to wear a gi, and Higgins said, take it off. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. They're still going to tap you out. He tapped yeah. it out another fifteen times. So, right. Right. but so that is the answer there. I mean, there was obviously Shamrock's you know legit martial artist, but we're we're talking about a different level of yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if Hoist beat beat Shamrock, Higgin could have crushed him, you know, mm -hmm. if he wanted to. And then John rolled with Funaki, and John tapped Funaki out like ten times. And once Funaki caught John, and John smiled, hey man, nice job, good job. Yeah. Like no, no ego, no nothing. But that's when. 
For the second hoist fight, Shamrock wanted to hoist his guard and stayed there because he realized if I open it up, there's a good chance I'm going to get caught. Right, right, right. And that, that was actually, people, you know, railed on Shamrock for doing that, and I disagree. It's a good strategy. I, 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 it's a good strategy, and if Hoist had, had better jujitsu, if it had been a better jujitsu player, they would have just swept him or, you know, right, or right. done something. He would have done it. Yeah, try, yeah, it would have been something, but Hoist's jujitsu was. What it was. Well, I mean, he's a, as a prototypical MMA guy. I mean, he had a lot of ground to cover there too. So yeah. Well, we also found out what happened last time Ken Shamrock opened up Hoist's guard. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. the Footlock guy go. For, oh shit, I'm mounting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Was yeah. most of the training you guys did in the gate? Yeah. 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 In the summertime. Yeah. No gate wasn't around yet. Really. Yeah. Like it was all it was all gate, and then once in a while in the summer. When it was really hot, you would, you would just wear shorts. But mostly it was in the gi, and then Nogi started coming back. Really when Abu Dhabi came into play, that's when the Nogi started coming. And that, that, that's when we started training about, you know. Well, John Jock was pretty heavily invested in the whole, uh, I don't mean financially, but in ADCC, right? I mean, Abu, Abu yeah, Abu all those guys were. I mean, they, yeah, they, it was they a big got, deal. They got to, it was so funny, because they go over there, and Higgin took second, because he lost to Kerr on points. Right. And Jean Jacques won, and then they got to go to a jewelry store, and we're told pick out one of anything you want. Right. So here comes Hagen walking across the parking lot <laughs> down to the beach, wearing a twenty thousand dollar gold Rolex. Right. <laughs> like, what are you wearing? Like you know. Right. And Jean Jacques, when he, he, he got, I think he got fifty grand for winning. Yeah. And then when he flew home, he didn't know it. When he got home, there was a brand new Mercedes in his driveway. Wow. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Like from the outside of the. I wasn't part of the jiu-jitsu thing at all at that point. It was early judo for me. And at that point, there was still a lot of, you know, hate just flowing towards the part of the Gracies that you'd see. Sadly, a lot of the, like you see, the Gracie in action, the stuff that did float up onto the early internet. Right. The VHS tapes that came around, a lot of times didn't represent really what was going on very well. It represented a major marketing scheme. It was really obvious that you were seeing this thing. And so it was very easy to hate on that at the time if you were outside of it. But the ADCC thing really legitimized a lot of that stuff because you saw a lot of those dudes, sure. especially guys like John Jock. Plus, he's got a you know he's got an interesting story and you know he's easy to relate yeah. to and, and all that. And they were just badasses, you know. Huh. And I think that really made a big jump to some of the other serious martial arts around that would just immediately hate on the you know the whole sort of Gracie marketing thing and just take it seriously as a, as a martial arts. I think that's the one drawback of jiu-jitsu is all the internet blah, 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 blah. There's so much. It still is, yeah. Oh, there's so much. Yeah, it's for, it's for worse now than it ever was. For a relatively manly sport, a lot of, there's a lot of bitches. A lot of man. crying. Oh, so my God. Of, the tournaments are a great example oh. of that. <laughs> then two guys interrupt the whole thing and like the whole match is stopped now. We're in the middle of the match. <clears> and like just the bitching, it's like, what? what? You keep ruining it. Yeah. You're ruining it. Yeah. Without being too controversial, I feel like the same thing is about to happen with the, the EBI thing. The EBI thing came along and it, it sort of solved a lot of things. It was run by Americans and it's a, it's a different Bravo rule set. It works pretty well. Right. It's, a cool, it's a cool rule set because of the way they, they yeah. take away the points. They kind of do it's all sub. If you don't get it, they have a couple positions like a sudden death kind of thing. Yeah. And it's very popular right now and it's been really successful for a number of people who have been able to leverage that into real careers, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Somebody we know, Gary Ton, has done unbelievably well yeah. through that yeah. format. Not just through EBI, but through yeah. that sort of type of format. It's been so ubiquitous that other grappling tournaments use those rules. So you'll see it's not an EBI. It'll be whatever, uh, 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 something out here on the East Coast. It'll say modified EBI rules or whatever. So it's actually become a new kind of sport. But it's funny. Some One of the uh, competitors 
half bitching and half not, wrote a really cool article the other day, which I just caught my eye, which is like, people are seeing this as a solution, but this has its own set of rules, and this is going to also result in a whole bunch of problems, and it's just new. And this one, because there's no point, they just pointed out this basic thing, and it's funny because I was riffing on this with Jay a couple weeks ago just uh, as a personal thought, which is, if I'm on top, in order for me to sub the dude, I have to do two steps usually to get to it. If I'm on the bottom, the, you're right on the sub. You have a chance to sub at almost all time, depending on position, right? And it's funny because this rule set, they just are starting to figure it out, but the whole thing was based on don't pull double guard, and now all of a sudden they're gonna realize the person on top has no chance comparatively to the one at the bottom to immediately go to the sub and the faster more subs you try the more points you so, get so it's like all of a sudden we're back to, to double guard perspective for you like like IBJJF there's two for the takedowns yeah, 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 yeah. and so it sets and, up the double guard metamoris right yeah uh, yeah a little yeah, lot like yeah, okay. metamoris and so since the the goal is the sub here's what I see like IBJJF has its own set of problems but so does EBI because now guys don't give a shit about giving up position at all right they really you don't see care. Gordon Ryan yeah. and I think it's somewhere in the middle that's important right? yeah, yeah, I think that one of the things that bothers me a lot about jiu-jitsu today is I think that uh, the IBJJF rules are ruining the sport really I think right. it's, it's I'm worried that it's becoming there's so much of a sport where it's supposed to be a martial art it's supposed to be out of a fight that, you know, I mean, we traded Julio, so he was from Carlson's. We won class a week. We used to in the old days anyway. You know, the guy on top, start your guard. Okay, the guy on top is, throw, is smack it. Not, not throw punches, but smack it. Just you know, not, not just little, but smack it. You know, yeah. like, right. if, you leave, if you leave your up, I'm going to smack you across the face. They've right actually up. introduced that to one level of EBI is open-hand yeah, select. But I'm, now they have a whole other problem, set of problems. But, right, yeah. so I'm going I'm to do that. It, yeah. it, it's getting used to. You know, it's a whole different ballgame to try to get that submission when a punch is coming to your face. You know, and I think, you know, you look at some of the top-level jiu-jitsu competitors today in sports jiu-jitsu, and you look at their games and think, could they go into the UFC? Right. Or would they get killed? And I'm afraid that, you know, it's... it's the, the, I don't know, that's the, not their goal. The, sport, the, the turning jiu-jitsu more from a martial art into a sport has its drawbacks. You know, it's the same way that... Putting extra rules in judo had its drawbacks and kind of, right. you know, ruined the sport. And, Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of sports, and I'm afraid that that's going to happen to jiu-jitsu. Where I think it may have already happened, Steve. I don't, I don't know that. what else has to happen. I mean, there's been a, a pretty heavy, you know, pull away from that. There's an entire completely separate, yeah, uh, you know, financial stream now for competitors that has nothing to do with IBJJF. I don't think, you know, obviously guys like Gordon Ryan, Gary uh, Tyler, they don't is still the biggest. Yeah. They don't compete yeah. in the game yeah. at all. I'm not shitting that, on it. I'm uh, saying no, it's, no, no, it's no. too thick. You're kind of, I think you're missing a little bit of what he's getting at. He's talking about the effective nature of jiu-jitsu as a form of You mean just yeah, yeah, whether, overall, whether it's yeah. the EBI or the right. whatever it is. It's right. just... All these guys who play nothing but sports jiu so I think that you got to realize that whenever you're doing techniques, whenever you're doing a class, whenever you're doing anything, all of it is supposed to be able to apply to self defense. Yeah, it's funny. It's supposed to be played to a fight. This, right. you know? Yeah. This is a fight. And a double know? half guard pull. I, you know, whatever. I mean, it was, who was it? Peter Pato looked, what, he had like a 50 50? Remember on, who's the, uh, the dude looks like Dracula? The, uh, the, the, what the hell's his name? Um, oh my God. He was the one that uh, kicked um, Fedor, kicked him back into the corner, and then went jumping for a flying knee. And Fedor just hit him with one shot, knocked him unconscious. Um, 
Yeah, oh, I know you're talking, you're talking about. about? Yeah. yeah. He actually wears a mouth guard that has teeth. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Arlovsky. Right, yeah. yeah. So he had, he was like Peter Pano. Who needs the internet? Peter Pano, like, they're sitting there. It was almost like a 50 50. And Peter Pano's like fishing around for a foot lock. And the guy just went, boom! Right. Oh, I remember that. Back up unconscious. It was like, you're in a fight. Like this is not a this is not a jujitsu competition. You're in a fight, and right. you know, well, it goes all the way on to here. When we roll, we, we talk about it. When we get closer to uh, to actual competitions, our guys our guys never turtle ever here. I'm an old judo guy, so I would love it if the guy turtled. I'll attack turtle all day. Nobody turtles here, and it was great because when we get closer to competitions, people will start to turtle because that's what you do in competition. You just save the two points that you would have gotten from the pass. Three, go yeah. get up to whatever. I'm sorry, that's me. But yeah. it's like. And it's funny because my actually my game will change a little during competition times. At least I have something that I, that's recognizable from my other old days. But it's true. Like our this school, would you ever see anybody escape side control by just turtling? No, you see them by turning back in and getting re- regaining half guard or grabbing a leg or coming up for a single. But they don't. I've been known to turtle. But you also compete. But you turtle more too. You compete more too. And, you know. You know what the funny thing? You're, you're, you're right, though. Like, the, it still can be beautiful jujitsu. Like, Damian Maya has gorgeous, oh, just oh. gorgeous jujitsu. Yeah, and it's so effective. Like, in a, in a in a self defense in an MMA situation, it's so effective. Yeah, there is still, you know, you don't have to like have fun with the jujitsu. Have like learn some. If you want to barambolo, that's cool. But have a base of jujitsu that you can and, and rationalize it in your mind so that. When shit, like, I love to play guard. I love to play daily Hiva. I love to invert. I like, I do all that stuff. Yeah. But if I'm out there, right. I'm not pulling guard. And, right. and, and to play the other side, if I wanted to. I'm taking you down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to eat your liver. Yeah. Yeah. Getting on top. Yeah. I'm going to eat your liver. Then I'm going to go home and sleep like a baby. But right. the thing yeah. is, if no I wanted problem. to go to an MMA class, I go to an MMA class too. But I, so I can see the other side of it. I mean, this is not a punching class. And that's right there. You just go, go get it. But. I do agree. I mean, I, I would hate to think that that you know what I'm doing is not effective. So to be honest, I stay away from that. It's one thing that Howder brought into my life, yeah. in that I you think a lot about. Protect yourself. Well, I just do when I'm playing guard. I think I grab the hands and I think about what I'm doing with the person's hands at all right. times. Like I'm just like, oh, right. right. Which also helps your jujitsu because if you don't have grips on their hands. Like Things nothing. are probably not yeah. going well for Definitely you, but I think right. about where their hands are. Where you know, can they headbutt me in the face? Whatever. Um, doesn't I'll take try that it the next time I'm card. I'll yeah, think of that. You got a big I'll head there. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I got a, yeah, I got a big yeah, head. Yeah, it's a battering ram. <laughs> Giant head twins. Uh, think street, right? Think street. Uh, Trains. Sport. Yeah. Practice, practice the art. art. Yeah. And buy Tortuga yeah. soap. The deeper that. Is that part of it? <laughs> I think that's part of the one, four, two, three, three A. Three A. Let's let's let have Howder have his own thing there, right? <laughs> Listen, Howder's cool with me jumping in. All right, I know, but it's but it's it, what you just said just you know rings really true. It's like I, as I get more and more into this, and I get a little more analytical, I realize most of the time that I have a problem have a problem today is because I'm not keeping track of all four limbs. I'm only keeping track of two, or I'm thinking about my move. I'm not thinking about how it's affecting, but. You're right. Sometimes these simple things like just track the hands solve so many problems. Try not to think at all. Well, that's that's fair to say, but we're kind of going down that road again, which is if I'm doing it right, then yeah. But if I'm doing it wrong, that's sometimes that's just a that just means six months of half wasted time. It's never fully wasted. I still to this day set up a half guard on my back because I just never. 
fucking got it together. And now all I need to do is just get up on a hand and because <coughs> I was training badly. And that that's the argument. I know we, we love to make that joke about training more. Of course you have to train more. I'm a fucking musician. I play every day. I understand what training more is. But I'm not going to play the wrong thing every day. Right. And so that's the problem with the train more thing. I'm not calling out to you. I hear what you're saying. Uh, but, but it has to amazing. be. amazing. Pat's not even here to defend himself. You tell me this. If I set up my half guard lying on my back in front of Pat, what would happen? And if I do it in front of you, you're the, well, the reason why. I'm, I'm like, I'm like you go, get off your back. I'm like, oh, fuck my ass. Why am I lying on my back? Well, yeah. You're I mean, the reason why. It's I just, mean, proper instruction is kind of implied, yeah. So that, but bad, but training badly more just makes you more bad. Oh yes, with some side effects of goodness. That's why I, I think being conscious the, uh, is, is important. Watching right. YouTube. I mean, right. that's he, what I'm saying. He, he, you know, some of these guys are. Um, uh, look, some of them don't have a choice. They're in rural Vermont. There's, you know, they got to drive three hours to get someplace to train. You know, right. I get that. But when you got guys who are in jujitsu school and there's a bunch of guys watching YouTube, now you got a guy who doesn't, you know, who's a white belt. You know, pulling an inverted heel hook because he saw him. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Right. Like, that's that's really dangerous shit. Yeah, know? but they're angry at you for telling them that you can't do that because it's the one thing that they feel like they can get on Jake, which they can't. But they feel like they can. So you know, I it's a, a complicated thing. Because I didn't expect it. I have white belts trained on me. A lot no, no, I actually got. That's it. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's no, it's purple belts that realize it's a bad idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, he actually, this kid actually got it because I completely didn't expect it. Right. And I'll tap quick. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, what's up? I was like, what the. Are you doing? We're just, you know, I saw it on YouTube. I said, no, 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 no. Turn off the YouTube. Be normal and watch porn. (laughs) Steve, I really don't understand why you can't do both. I don't understand why you can't do both, Steve. But no, it was just, it was just. At the same time? There's actually, there's a genre. I'm not sure if it's a jujitsu or technically classified as porn, but there's some crossover. Really? Oh, yeah. It's out there. Can you find it on Tubor? (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure, but yeah, that, that that's that's a problem. You got guys who are learning way advanced stuff before they even know basic stuff, you know. And that's that's why I think you it goes back to that thing that. we were talking about before, though. It's just like, how do you solve that problem? If you're new, you want to be good. You want to show these guys that you're good. That you don't realize what you need to do is suck for a year. That's yeah, what they want to do. Think just but, be okay with sucking. Like, yeah, but that's yeah. you don't have to but, show us yeah. you're good. But, man, yeah. if you can, but if, you can get, if you can take out <laughs> one of those purple belts with <laughs> a. With an inverted hill, you wow. can go home going, I'm good now. No, you still suck. Yeah, you still suck. By the way, I agree with this. Well, is back, I'm playing devil's advocate. But yeah. back then, you know, you know, when I started with, with, when I was training at Higgins, you were a blue belt. You, you didn't talk. You shut up. You don't have an opinion. You, you, didn't, you, you didn't talk. Your eyes and your ears are open and your mouth was fucking closed. And that was it. And you trained. And you did what, you, you did what they showed. Wasn't like... The instructor showed one thing, and then you went off and said, oh, I saw this thing the other night that's really cool. Let me show you this. There's the fucking door. Yeah. There's the door. Get out Hey, were you telling me a story? Yeah. Was that you that was telling yeah, me a story? Yeah, that was Carlson. Yeah. So tell us so that. So Carlson Gracie, who, you know, we all know Carlson was one of the greatest fighters ever. I mean, oh, yeah. and he would, until the day he died, he would fight you on the street. It would not bother him in the <laughs> least to, you know, I mean, you know, he was in his, I remember he was in his 60s, and he smacked around some person or something, but... He was, he was a terrifying guy. I mean, he was a scary guy because uh, you look at all the people who came from his academies, they, they were fire breathers, you know, Valige and Mario Sperry and Vitor, Vitor all, all those guys. And, you know, um, Bustamante, all these guys were just fire breathers, you know. And, um, you know, he was teaching a seminar and there's two, like, yeah, yeah, blue belts that were just, as Carlson Gracie is instructing, they're talking. And then he showed the technique and they're over, like, 
improving on his technique that he just showed. And he went nuts, and he didn't speak any English. Started screaming in Portuguese. And all Julio came running was like, you guys gotta go. Get out now, go, go, run, run, run! Fuck <laughs> <laughs> out of here. Yeah, he, it was cool because he, um, and Julio's old school, it was like a, it was a great, I love the school, it was a dump. They go down to the basement and one more down stuff, and it was like this room that was like in this industrial building, it was lead paint chips falling off the ceiling, there was fucking bats flying through, and <laughs> it was fucking, but it was beautiful. Awesome. We would train in there for like two and a half hours, there'd be a guy in a corner with a fucking blow, you know, ice pack on his eye, and there'd be somebody, and people come in thinking it was a karate class, they check it out, and all of a sudden they're like, Get the hell out of here. <laughs> but in a, in a corner, there was a little black and white TV and a, and a VCR. Right? That's how old this thing was. And so Carlson came in and is after the class, and we're watching fights from Pride where Carlson's in the corner and he's sitting next to me watching the fight. And yes. that was cool. Yeah. Right. That was cool. It's like a moment of realization, that, that right? Was, like, it was, uh, what's his name? It was, um, what was his name? Uh, You're oh going to need more clues. The Brazilian, the guy who was like the, the, the greatest, besides Peter, the greatest heavyweight in, uh, in, in uh, Antonio Verbigo. Um, oh, no, no Guerra. Oh, no Guerra. Minotauro was fighting. And um, well, Carlson sitting there yeah. next to me explaining in Portuguese and talking to me and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking because he's a Brazilian. And uh, so just talking and talking and talking. And uh, <laughs> you ask a Brazilian what time it is, it goes on for an hour and a half, you know? So. I need to go down are you there. Brazilian? So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to go home. So, so he's talking. And I'm like, what is your. What, have you yeah. ever got your DNA yeah, tested? Back, backwards. So, 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 so he's, talk, he's talking. You know, Carlson's talking and yakking in Portuguese. I'm like, uh, watching it. I'm smiling and nodding. I'm like, Julia, tell me I don't speak Portuguese. Tells Carlson he doesn't speak Portuguese. Carlson just keeps talking <laughs> Portuguese because Carlson did whatever the fuck Carlson. Well, you're, gonna, to do. you're gonna learn Portuguese so, right? now, right? So, <laughs> so he's yakking away and I'm smiling and nodding. He's explaining everything, doing why this is where. Julio told him I don't speak Portuguese. Julio tells him again, and Carlson says something back, and, Car- and Julio says he likes you. I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a long night. He likes right. talking. He likes talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Aren't I lucky? That is great. And then I'm leaving, and I, I couldn't leave because the only thing you could say in English was Starbucky. Starbucky. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm looking at him, staring at him. I'm like, this terrifying looking individual is staring at me saying, Starbucky. Starbucky. And I'm like, is that a magic word? And I'm like, Julio? He's like, he wants you to take him to Starbucks. I'm like, I have to take him to Starbucks? I would if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> so like, work, I said, look, I'm not taking him home after that, man. <laughs> no, take him to my house. All right, uh, come on, Carlson. And then he proceeded to, you know, stare at me when we got there. Like, I was supposed to know what he wanted. <laughs> because when he went, you know, with his guys in Chicago, they would take, they would take him to Starbucks, and he would just stand there, and everyone would order for him. Right. And, and he's standing there staring at me, I'm like, I have no idea what you want, man. Like, and it was like, I don't Frappuccino, help oh, me. Help you. Uh, it was, it was he, he got his coffee and then he was happy and he sat there and he drank some kind of big friggin' girl coffee thing. You Frappuccino. That <laughs> if he was still alive, I wouldn't say. But, right. Oh, yeah. You know, but he had this drink and once he finished it, he was happy. And then I took him to Julio's house and he talked the whole way. And, <laughs> I love this guy. I don't see what the problem is. Oh, well, it was in another language. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Problem number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would have been a great yeah. conversation. And then they pull, into the, they pull into, the, uh, into the driveway. I'm like, okay, we're here now. And he keeps talking. I'm like, uh, 
How do I tell a legend to get the fuck out of my car? <laughs> you know, uh, I remember. I remember when Elio uh, <laughs> was starting to get uh, a little bit older, and the whole Valdemar Santana story. And so the what? Oh, the Santana, Santana yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Elio fought him. It was like an hour and forty-five minutes or something three. like that. Three, three hours, hours, yeah. yeah. Was and it, it was three Carlson. Hours or was it, we really it said, it wasn't as crazy. Yeah. Three hours. It was, it was really Carlson boring. after that Fun. that said. I'll fight him now. He was like 16. Yeah. He was like 16. Just a teenager yeah. against a this man. giant, yeah. and giant of a man yeah. and beat the ever-loving yeah. fuck out of him. Yeah. yeah. Like, Carlson was a scary man. He was a scary guy. They, would, uh, they said, you know, when you went to his school, it was no nonsense. I mean, yeah. His school was noted as being, like, kind of crazy. You know, they were... They, those guys fought. Like, that's how they trained. They, every day was a war in his school. And every day was like... It was like a wrestling room. Every day you fought your way on. And when they... You know, when Julio was saying... And Julio competed for him for years and years and years and never lost a match, you know, he always won every match he was in. And he said, you know, quite frankly, but a lot of times by the time I got to the tournament, you know, he goes, I'm, I'm getting beat up by, you know, Mario uh, Sperry, you know, that weighs me right. like 100 pounds and still Dave coming Mario. out here like I'm a full heavyweight. Right. He goes, and then I had, you know, every time you went to a tournament, it didn't matter if you had already won 20 tournaments. Every time you went, if there were three guys in your weight division, you had to fight your way into the to- tournament. You had to win inside. Uh. In the academy, yeah, to get the right to compete. It, it doesn't matter who you were. If you were Merlo Bustamante, if you were, if you were Lemuria, you had to fight your way under the team to, to get for every tournament. It's a good way. If, if your goal is to get your academy name out there and win everything, it's a good way to do it. Like I'm not saying everybody has to compete. You don't no. have to compete. No. But if you want to compete, let's make sure that we're putting our yeah. best foot forward. There, there was a good thing where. Uh, Corey had challenged uh, Higgins guys to, to a tournament. And uh, they're like, okay, so we're going to select our best whatever amount it was, whatever guys. And you select your best guys. Higgins like, okay, when? Next week? No, no, three months from now. He's like, let's do it next week. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do it tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow. My guys and are ready. So Corey called back and said, okay, we're going to have special rules. And Higgins said, okay, bye. Click. He didn't give <laughs> a shit. Corey called back and said, do you want to know what the rules are? Not really. <laughs> so they kept calling back with different rules. There's no points for this. There's no points for that. That's not true. So they came down to like Higgins sat the whole school down and said, "I don't give a shit if he says we got to fight with our hands tied behind our backs. We're going to do it. And we're going to kick their asses." And so they went over. It was a whole big thing. I couldn't go in. There's only certain people allowed in. The fighters and a couple of other the instructors, and that was it. And out of 28 matches, Higgins guys won 25. Right. And Haley wow. came up to him after the after the after the whole thing was over and said, "You have a much better school than my sons." Right. Nice. Is, like, that, well, is there know. any greater compliment? Than yeah, that? I think it's like thanks, man. Thank you. <laughs> but it's funny because yeah. now you can you can look across the country and you can see different types of schools. You can see schools that really focus on competing. You can see schools that are really focused on you know bringing just sort of the general happy, positive jujitsu to people. You see schools that you know do do really specific styles. You see schools that are just sort of big giant farms of, of a lot of people. You know, where people all slide in their cards as they come in. Even in the Southern California, even outside, outside uh, Irvine, you can see all of these different ways of looking. Looking at art of jiu-jitsu is, you know, really different, for example, than looking at one of the Eddie Bravo schools there, sure. right? And it's like, I think this is 
I think we talked about it before on the, on the you know on the podcast about this is still a young sport comparatively to the other martial oh arts. Oh my god, there's and no so, thousands of years. We're like, right. do, we have, do we have 100 years? Not even. We don't no, even have that's the years thing. So e- even when we 19, what was it, 18, 1925, 1925, yeah, something yeah. like that. Certain so, things yeah. just sort of split off. One of the things that we we had uh, when, when George and I were at our judo school, it was far more like sort of strict. On a couple of levels, and on the other levels, it was very similar to how jujitsu is handled. But to, like you said, you know, when in that school, nobody talks like everybody. Is. I think there's a place for that kind of thing, but I think there's also a place for you know the sort of like, hey, let's let's right. roll, let's open mat kind of thing with a couple of pieces of instruction. I think though, there is something to be said about that, and I do I like that. I like today was a really cool day here. Where this is not this is a fun school to be at, but it's relatively. It's not strict, strict, but relatively structured. How about that? Is that the right word? It's a lot of joking around, but people don't fuck around while you're talking too much, if ever. And if they do, they're going to find out quick, you know, that that's not a good idea. There's a moment of that today. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Just, just one. But, but on the other hand, I mean, we had uh, today. There was an opportunity. We had three different looks at the half guard from three different instructors. That was brilliant, right? I like that about jujitsu. I like that there's so many different ways to deal with this. So the judo thing was great because someone could come in from some guy would come in from Russia, walk in, same lineup, same point north, south, east, west, same bow. So everything is exactly the same. Everybody spoke English or whatever your native language is, but when you spoke judo, you're using sasetsurikomiyashi. You're using so everybody knew all the words, even though you couldn't talk to each other about how to get coffee. You know, you know. So there was something. The song of judo. But there was something cool about that, and I can see that coming here too. You know, I can see that kind of thing. There's no bowing here, right? Do you say you like that? No, I like it. No, in jujitsu, yeah, bowing. The the only rule I ever learned, and I learned this the hard way because I actually made the mistake of doing it, is you know, if there's a black belt rolling, don't roll into his space. Mm. You know, if there's an upper belt, yeah, they get their space. Yeah, they get their space because I did it to Higgin once. Yeah. I was a blue belt and I rolled into the space where I rolled into him. Yep. Oh my god. What was the uh Well he didn't say anything, but uh Hanato Mango came over. Get the fuck out the way the black belt! Get the fuck out the way the black belt! Right, 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 right. <laughs> and it, there's a good reason for it. Like their role is more important. Nah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're two blue belts rolling, like, yeah, I'm gonna get out of the way, like, you know, yeah. if, if like yeah. two black belts are training even if it's a black belt and a blue belt and I'm training and there's two black belts rolling yeah. And they're having yeah. a good match, and yeah. they get close. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move because yeah, I can stop my match and restart it. And there's nothing important going on yeah. with me. That role yeah. is, that's happening there is more important. Good, instru- good, 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 good instruction. I don't tie my belt this, in front yeah. of uh, yeah. higher ranks. That's the only the other thing I don't do. The bowing is interesting because yeah. like it's such a well, it's, it's legitimately Japanese. Japanese. It's legitimately a Japanese thing. Right. That's not a judo thing. That's right. just, but that's how it's a shaking. Oh, that's another thing, thing I, I, I kind of learned. I, I've always told my tie my belt the old fashioned way, and I watch you guys tie your belts, and I've never seen it that way. So I had to Google it. I had to Google how to tie a jujitsu belt. I'm watching it, I'm watching it. And 24 years, I never saw guys tie your belts the way you guys tie. You do your the belt. Hollywood thing where you yeah. put it in between the two. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So I actually had to watch it, and I'm saying, yeah. but here I am, 24 years in the sport. I'm, yeah, you always do <laughs> <put> this <laughs> here. Meanwhile, Dude, I got no. Yeah. You guys be talking about sheep shank. <laughs> if mankind depended on it, you're dead. Yeah. If I had to build fire, yeah, uh, listen, if we were cavemen, I would wait oh. until you built fire, and then I would hit you over the head with a stick and take yeah. it, 
but I couldn't do it. Started <laughs> being a good caveman. <laughs> I could, couldn't do any of that shit. So I'm sitting there, I swear, literally, now, in front of my computer, <laughs> trying to tell you how to do you Did you listen to Henry tell you with the thing? <laughs> yeah, finally, I was like, fuck this, I'm doing it my way. <laughs> I don't want to tie a goddamn belt. <laughs> Hey, so yeah, I'm I'm super glad, man, that you ended up training with well, us. Thanks, you bring a cool I'm, like thing to our academy that you know things happen. Steve's super fun to roll with too. I got to roll with him awesome. the first couple of times he's he came awesome in. And I, I started ramping up and going, you know what? I'm going to pass this guy's Seriously. guard, and it didn't work here, as man. expected. You're you're uh, a like some like these don't they have, they're not a plan they're not a plan thing. I mean, you had a plan. You moved in. You yeah. found the academy, and you're like, I'm going to go here. We had no idea that you were going to walk through the door, but and it's not just because you're a black belt either. Like, nah, you're you a really in, talented, you not, obviously, us. obviously a knowledgeable black belt, like legit second degree black belt with tons and tons and tons of jujitsu experience. But that's not like that's awesome, and that's I'm pumped to have another black belt at the academy. But it's, it's awesome really your attitude. Work. And and not everybody they, fits in with us. No, yeah, but your yeah. attitude here, you're helping people. Like you, yeah. you brought the academy up another level. Well, thank you. And That's like, uh, it's it's just. I awesome not coming in here. Really, uh, really on. I almost got out here. of the sport. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, I, I'm oh, real man. glad I didn't do it because I realized how much I love it. I mean, I trained last night and came back. Couldn't wait to get back today. Yeah. Hangover and all. <laughs> Hangover. Yeah. I was doing takedowns with Johnny Pence. And, I fucking hate life right now, man. I'm sweating the moon. I'm sweating pure alcohol right now. <laughs> so right, are we, we're going to do a part two, right? Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Right. But listen, so first we should mention, like, this will be out before next week. And next Saturday in Arlington, Mass, it's going to be a Mission 22 seminar. Um, look it up online at massbjj.com. But Jay's going to teach Tadashi. Um, Brian Marvin. Brian Marvin. We'll try to do a podcast with him. Brandon, Brandon the Sauce Doss. Is it sponsored by Mass BJJ? I want to know what to look Mission 22. Okay, so what do, what do people Google on? Look, you, can, you, can, you can look on the Mission 22 website. So Mission 22, Arlington, Mass. When? May 6th. May 6th. So uh, if you guys don't know Mission 22, look it up. Um, they are creating awareness and, and, and gathering funds to support... Uh, you know, to, to yeah, to stop veteran suicide. Basically, the, the, the twenty two represents twenty two veterans commit suicide every day nah. uh, on on so many different levels. So this is a really important ca- cause. If you're out there, I don't care how close or far you are away. If you can make it there, uh, be awesome. You know, it's like I said earlier. It's always great to go to seminars where there's good black belts. You pick up good jujitsu. You get to shake hands and kind of rub shoulders with superstar black belts. You can beat belts. the shit That's out of George. You can come beat but, the shit out of me. Um, rarely is there an opportunity to kind of learn some great techniques, do all those good things, and still support an awesome cause. So May 6th, Mass BJJ, Arlington, uh, Mission 22. Be there. Right, and they can show up and pay when they get there as far as you know? Yep. You should, send, you should try to sign up ahead of time, though, I think. Yeah, go to com. There's information, I believe. Right. Yeah, and there's a lot of causes, and sometimes the causes seem great, but the people that run it and stuff, the people that run this cause, you, we know some of the people that are involved with this. Right. This is, these are really good guys. The money's going to the right place. This isn't some bullshit. This is right. the real thing. So, it's exciting. Tonight, our brother Glenn Kasabian's fighting at New England Fights up in uh, the Dirty Lou. Lewis that Maine. guy lost yep. so much weight, I thought he was going to 
disappear. He was pissed. I made made a joke at his expense on Thursday. He's in the, he's in the sauna cutting weight. Comes out, oh, poor say guy. hi, and take a picture. I'm like, shot bait with Glenn. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm like, I'm kidding, man. He was, yeah. he's, uh, he cuts a lot of weight. He's a skinny yeah. guy already, and I couldn't believe what he. Uh, yeah. I hope he's he's okay. Cuts down to 140. And one of the upcoming crazy? podcasts, real soon, I'm going to have some really important news. We're uh, we're working out some details right now. I'll have some really big Te- news for you guys. Teasing some news. Okay. Wow. Yeah. wow. How so, how Hollywood is is Jay getting? Jay's sponsored by Reebok. Yeah. He's wearing Jay's his UFC been... fight kit right now. All right. This is the uh, he's leaving it with a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. Tune in here. next time. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot, brother. Peace out.